Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's you saw it as always ex- happy. As excited as a constipated sloth. Um, that is his excited voice. Yeah, it's the re- same as his uh, disappointed voice, or his exuberant voice, or his unhappy voice. It <laughs> comes in one tone. Robotic. <laughs> He's quite robotic. Oh, this is going to be funny. I can tell already. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your host tonight, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax and get ready for some serious bench racing. Woo! Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 83 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Left of the Great. And joining me, who has finally figured out how to use Squadcast, I'm looking at him in a video of his afro. He's using his phone and supposed to be focusing. My boy, my sidekick, my Padawan, Beaker, Q or Beaker the Bot. What's up, Beaker the Bot? I forgot uh, we had this video. It's good you yeah. said that. Yeah, you should probably come closer to the mic too. You're kind of far away. Gotta Is get this going to be okay with video? Yeah, yeah, we're working fine right now. But come a little closer to the mic there, buddy. You know, I've, I've been telling you for a while, get yourself a proper mic boom and all that type of stuff. But you just don't listen to anything Lefty has to say. But I'm so happy because you're finally using the program that I'm paying for monthly and you refu- you refuse to use it using all these different excuses. And you can see that it actually works. And now I can see what you're doing and you're obviously not paying attention to me. I never pay attention. Yeah, that is quite obvious. Watch, so, watch what happens when you do the intro. <laughs> well, I, I done the intro. No, That's well, how- your five minutes ad, ad read. Oh, well, I'm about to do that now. But hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you to all of the NNRC squad from around the world. Um, you guys sent in some cool questions this week. Thank you for the support. Thank you to the guys who uh, bought some of the limited T-shirts. Sorry, we only have big boy sizes left, triple X and and uh, quadruple X left. So if you want a limited edition NNRC squad shirt, uh, send us a send me a message and we'll get one out to you. Also, I would like to shout out to our patrons on Patreon. They got early release of the uh, stories segment this week. I must tell you that the story segment is is not PG this week, but it's absolutely funny. And thank you to uh, Mr. Adam Lewis for coming on and being a part of that. And thank you to our Patreons, our patrons on Patreon for all the support. You guys help keep these bills paid. Hey, if you want to be a patron, Please go ahead, sign up. The The link is are in the written descriptions. Thank you to all of the awesome, awesome companies that uh, sponsor us and advertise with us. Without them, we can't get it done. Without any of you, we can't get it done. So there we go. So I want to shout out to Techno RC, who had a great weekend at PMB this week. JQ Racing, shout out to all my JQ Racing family from around the world. Love you guys like life. Uh, Beach RC, Brent. Lucas, then guys went up to PMB, killed it, 110 degrees. Brent, I must admit, Brent didn't do too well in 
in uh his racing but you know he does he needs to race some eight scale more and leave that 10 scale stuff and oval stuff and do some more eight scale racing he'll be better so i said it thank you brent for your support shout out to uh bk servos as well pop Willis traction tonic don't forget about manscape.com guys have been showing me look i people are using the promo code i'm so happy about that we need to use that promo code because that is um our first out of the industry sponsor on this podcast and hey if you have the balls enough to show me and tag me in the post and you use the known and you need the no name uh rc promo code do it i know some of them you want to keep it private but that's all right i know some of you don't care but thank you to everybody that's uh supporting us with manscape shout out to rob's oil for all of your ams oil products really cool company really cool dude uh he brings the funny story segment this week and it is funny of course i we have kind of two new sponsors but not new wally builds man the we had episode 82 this week we did call-ins with wally builds from the new studio was dialed we had new software running um call-ins were clean you know with this fast internet that i got now in the studio so much more potential i actually want more bandwidth gonna have to gonna have to pry some more dollars out and see if i could get more bandwidth coming in here and it'd be even better and um that was awesome thank you to everybody that called out that is on youtube because we do have a youtube channel so go check that out i am uploading all of the podcasts to the youtube channel and uh shout out to uh jq threads man because they are doing big things providing opportunities i know joseph's really happy about that that is his passion is jq threads uh, i like all the posts that's coming out the motocross gear looks totally dialed um i just wish he would make bigger shirts i obviously probably have to lose some weight too I know I have to lose some weight to fit into that stuff, but you know, when he makes it to ultra, ultra small fitted European sizes of four X is equal to one X in his style. So, but really cool stuff. New hats too. Right, Joseph. Yeah, we have hats. Yeah, yeah. New hats are great. I like that. Is that like a gunmetal grayish type of hat that you got out or is that black? Yeah. Dark gray. Yeah. I like colors. Yeah. I, I would like, I want the dark gray. So you have dark gray, light gray with black keep. Black peak. Yeah. And what, what's the other color? Black. Yeah, I think I need to get a black one and one of those light gray ones because the shirts and stuff don't fit me yet because you haven't got a proper, you know, size chart for big boys. But go check out JQ Threads. Uh, JQ Threads is more than just a clothing brand. It is uh, a brand that provides opportunities for people to live their dreams because are you living your dreams? Shout out to all of these sponsors. Shout out to NNRC Squad. Shout out to our patrons because without you guys, none of this is possible. Joseph is drinking a damn Smirnoff ice at the moment. Well, I, you know, people tease me about liking White Claws. Well, I don't think you can get more girly than a Smirnoff, Smirnoff ice. And I actually like Smirnoff. You can. Bacardi Breezer. I, I like them too, to be honest. Like with a little ice in a cup, maybe an extra shot of vodka good but you know what i'm actually not drinking right now i took a break so i'm good uh, i'm actually not even gonna drink for my birthday i said i'm gonna take a month off from drinking i haven't i mean i'm two weeks in i'll just about and i feel great and i'm saving some money because i i looked over in the corner at my house since we moved because we save all the bottles for this older, this older man that comes around and collects all the, the beer bottles and he sells them nice man he comes old old guy comes over uh, he always brings us some platinums or something. My my wife and him, my wife says he reminds me of my grandfather. It's gotta be like eighty. Well, probably not that old, but he's definitely old. 
He's strong as a horse, man. He comes over in his wheelbarrow and gets all our beer bottles and he takes them off and sells them. So he hasn't been for a while. So it's just been building up since we moved, man. And I looked over in the corner. I was getting kind of embarrassed. The amount of beer bottles that were over there. And I just thought, how much money have I spent on beer? And, and I just said, you know, I'm going to take a break. So I did. And yeah, I'm going to see if, if I, I'm going to do a month. And if I want to do more than a month, I will. I'm not saying I'm going to stop drinking. I love beer. But just taking a break. So good stuff. Always good to take a break now and then. You know what I mean, Joseph? All about breaks. Yeah, man. So like uh, rest of my life break from Facebook. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to really get some better mic uh, technique, Mike Joseph. You need to get a little closer. You're, you're too laid back. Get a boom, uh, a boom. Got to get you a boom. Go to fin in, in Finland. We can do this. So Joseph, find me a mic and a boom online. I, I, I will. I will. I actually have the adapter for that here. Uh, the shock mount, but um, it's here and I can't get it to you. So anyway, Joseph, what, what's, let's have a little catch up. What have you been up to uh, this week? You've been at the track. You've released some pictures of your, you know, people, uh, some people were seeing pictures of your, your car, asking questions. I see some different things. I still think that's smoke and mirrors. I think that you just put that picture up to confuse people while you're really testing real stuff. I don't know. What were people so confused about? Uh, you know, a lot of people were asking about the front arms, but that's nothing new. You've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. And uh, the, the rear arms is something I haven't seen you do. Upper arms, upper mm-hmm. arms, front and rear. Yeah. Yeah, just that testing. Was- I think it worked yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. As Max would say, yeah, dude. Well, it's probably now, yeah, dude. And he's getting older. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So JQ Threads has been keeping you busy too. Photo shoots, all that type of stuff. Yeah, released motocross gear, but it's good for mountain biking too. Mm-hmm. So they're, have- they're on the web shop now, actually. So today we're kind of releasing. Okay, releasing. sweet, sweet. Is it just like jerseys and pants? That's it? Yeah. Gloves and stuff? No gloves? No gloves yet. Okay. Um, how about like mountain bike shorts and all that stuff? That coming? Well, I'm not sure about that. Right, right. That's a neat, That's a specialty niche crowd, too. So... But yeah, man, it looks pretty dialed. Is it any future for getting like bigger size shirts here so I can fit in one? Potentially, yes. Yeah, we could make some. So where can people get all this JQ Thread stuff? JQthreads.com. Ships worldwide from there. Awesome. Awesome. How about the guy? You haven't talked about that for a while. What's going on with that? I found a, a place to print the book. So now what I need to do is I need to get the illustrations done and figure out what pictures are needed. And if I can just use ex- existing pictures, you know, maybe speak with Neobuggy, Circus RC. Maybe there are some good ones in the RCGP folders, you know. So I need to get all the illustrations and pictures that I need for the book. And text pretty much done there's still some writing i need to do 
but it's mainly just going through everything and making sure everything's good and adding sort of conclusions to each chapter like in in short like i extensively explain everything but then at the end of it kind of collect the most important things and just make it as easy and clear for people as possible so i'm still hoping that within august i could send the send it out to to be printed so then by the end of september that book would be done that's still my goal Awesome, 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 awesome news, man. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, did you pat your hair down or something? Because your hair was looking, your, you look like you had a haircut, but you need one. But no. the other day, your hair was excessively wild. Uh, that's because my my hair may may look short, but it stretches out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to pick it out, man. You get you style. Uh, you should grow it. Just grow an afro. No. The longest one I had was on my second to last Facebook live. But you got a haircut from there, from there. Yeah, and then after that, I had a haircut. Yeah, man. Nice getting a haircut, though. Makes you feel like a new man. Uh, did you watch the first, did you watch any of the video from the first live from the, from the studio, the new studio that I did with Wally this weekend? Uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, it looks good. So next yeah. we need to figure out how to do the whole podcast with video. Well, I, I mean, that's coming. We can do that. That program that I'm using is super, super nice. It needs a, a few touches. I've actually contacted the people that the thing, good thing about that program is you can contact the people easily on Facebook and hopefully they do things because it's, it's pretty powerful programming uh, and they can do a lot of good things. And if they can get multi-track into that, then whew, man, that software is super good and we can, we can do good things. But um, yeah, it was fun. We had a good bit of call-ins and it's good to be back doing that. Uh, you know, I will play a little bit with camera angles and stuff like that, a lot to learn, but pretty good for this too. I actually had to, I was here to 11 and we're on curfew again. So I had to sneak home, even though it's not far from where I live, but I was like a fat ninja, like hiding in the shadows, going from tree to tree. Like I saw that the, the cops were like, because I'm not far from the police station where I live. Like literally like a hundred feet from like 150 feet from where the office is. So I saw the cops out there, like they, they still out there with their lights on all night and they have like a um they have like a a stop there to stop people from going back and forth. So I just was like hiding in the shadows and 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 snuck home. And uh yeah, so all good fun things we do to bring podcasts why did you turn your camera off you don't want me to see what you're doing you started breaking up so i figured uh connection uh, is gonna go to shit. It, it, it's it um i guess it will come and go i actually might turn my camera off her too so what's your what's the fine if they catch you outside after coffee i'm going to jail for the night yeah they put you in jail for the night and um yeah so but it's not far i i went to the city hall here and asked them for a note my wife went and they're like the city hall is right next to the office they're like oh he doesn't need a note it's just from her to there and my wife's like oh okay but she doesn't trust that so anyway you know what it is don't get caught that's right 
Don't get caught. Anything else you wanna wanna talk about before we get into some RC news, Joseph? Because we are this this podcast, we actually don't have a guest. We're gonna recap PMB a bit. Um, we did have a guest for the stories, which was Adam Lewis, which is absolutely hilarious. Once again, another warning for that because it is not PG. So if you want, I wouldn't let my my it's up to you if you want to let your kids listen, but it's just letting you know. But um yeah, I think uh, we can go right into the news. What do you think about it? Not much news, just a few race results. Yeah, we can. All right. So the RC News this week is brought to you by www.manscape.com. The NNRC podcast and Manscape have partnered up to help you, the RC dudes in RC, cut through the jungle and find your manhood. Because manscaping is the new thing. Even though Joseph doesn't have any need to manscape at the moment because he's re-virginizing himself, he should manscape. Joseph, have you ordered your lawnmower 3.0? Are you ignoring me? He probably muted me because he probably isn't paying attention. But basically, the lawnmower 3.0 is a trimmer designed just for your family jewels. But it doesn't only mean you can use it on that part of your body only. It's a great trimmer for all of your body because I am a pretty much woolly mammoth and I have to get shorn every week, not every week, at once a month by my wife. So we use this lawnmower 3.0. I also use it to touch up my beard. It's waterproof. It has a LED light. It charges on a charge dock. The blades are replaceable. You can order new blades. The little cur package comes with some ball lotion, some ball moisturizer, some boxers and a t-shirt, uh, even a cool little travel carry case. Actually, it's a nice size travel carry case that you can use to carry all your uh, toiletries. So if you guys are interested in purchasing one of the lawnmower 3.0s from Manscaped, you can at www.manscaped.com. And guess what? You can save 20% by using the promo code, no name in all caps, and it's free shipping. And they ship extremely fast so showing manscape some love showing your family jewels some love also shows the podcast some love joseph are you there i'm here why didn't you tune into my ad read because you're re-virginizing and you ain't manscaped yet uh yeah hmm. wow we need to hurry up and get you a woman i think or something. I'm good. Or, or some, Oh, yeah, I know. You're getting all lonely. I don't blame you up there in Finland. <laughs> in Finland? We um, only have reindeer I'm okay. around. I'm doing okay. All right. So, top 25. Let's start out with this. Top 25 was released yesterday. And anytime the top 25 RC rankings releases, there is always some scatter action about People that don't understand it, we have a pretty decent grip on it. Uh, I've talked to the owner of Top 25 RC quite a lot. So now, Joseph, we have Jared Tebow has moved up to the top spot uh, after PMB. Obviously, he won PMB, so he goes there. David Ungaro second, and David Ronafalk dropped down from second to, to third. Tessman moved up. Mayfield up, Juan Canas down, Ricardo Berton stays where he is. He that will be not named, but he's named in this one, Elliot Boots, 
is up one, Rivkin down, Renard up, Joe Bornhorst stays where he is, Fend moves up four, Mayfield down, <clears throat> sorry, Cavallari down, Battier up, Polito up four, Drake up one, Cole Ogden, blah, 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 blah. New entrants into the top 25 are Marco Ravaglia and Spencer Heckert. I, I actually, I could, I could say right now that, hello, what are you doing? Are you, are you using your Manscaped three, lawnmower 3.0? Because I heard some funny clipping noise going on. No, I'm here. All right. Something's on your, are you charging your phone? Yeah. Is it that? Yes. Stop doing that. You know, it's that every time we do this, you know, it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I would I would beg to I would say that this top three on this is pretty accurate. I would I would personally probably put Ronafalk up top because I would hold because we only had really really and truly we only have had two big three big races this year. We have Montpellier, DNC, and PMB, <clears throat> and David Ronafalk won the race where all of these guys were pretty much all of these guys were racing. Jared Thibault came second. Uh, I can't remember Ongaro where Ongaro placed in um, at DNC, but I wouldn't argue with this top three. I would probably reverse it around a little bit, but I definitely think Jared Thibault right now is in, is in the top three drivers in the world. He, he came second at DNC. He, he, he came first. He won PMB this past week. But obviously, David Davide and David have not been able to race because they can't really move around in Europe. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue with that. What would you? What do you think? Yeah, I. I mean, the right sort of people are always in the top five or so. But other than that, I don't know why people still care. That list doesn't really mean anything because. Like our the way we race doesn't really support a list like this, so it's like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Oh, people like to talk about it. it gives pe something for people to talk about. It's the best thing we have right now. Yeah, for the very top guys who win races, it it's close. Like it's it makes sense. Like if they do, if they have a good good year and they do well at all the races, and they'll be there at the top. You know, so that's for them. It's okay, but like six to twenty-five or six to forty or thirty-five or whatever, it's just a shit show. It's like which race do you go to, kind of thing. Yeah, it's it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But I mean, people get involved in this. People argue over it, and uh, it. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it, man. But. It, it's something it looks uh the top 10 is we have one two three we have three americans in the top 10 and all one canadian and all the rest are europeans and well i guess england is is england a part of europe no no it's not in it it's so, still uh, a part of europe just not the european right. union so and we only have <clears throat> in that top 10 it's pretty mixed up. We have Techno Associated, HB, X-Ray, Mugen, S-Works, Infinity, S-Works, Associated, Kyosho. So we only have two two repeats that Spencer Rifkin and Angaro are the Associated guys, which are the top two Associated guys. 
Uh, but yeah, the chassis, it's its good to see different chassis up there, you know, multiple chassis brands. Hopefully one day we get a JQ Racing uh, uh, chassis up in there one day. One day. One day when you retire and, and hire a, 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 a fast guy. Yeah, there's two S-Works also. Is there? Oh, yeah, there is. Sorry. Canas and Elliot. Well, Elliot does not exist on this list. Yeah. <clears throat> Still good, though. Eight... Eight different brands in the top 10, nine different in the top 12. There's nine different ones on the list too. So yeah, who's missing? Good. So there's Agama. Agama. Agama, Serpent, JQ Racing. Who else? Who else uh, um... <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty much got everybody in there. Yeah, I mean, of the, I would say of the major brands. I, I, I know people be like, well, Seth Van Dalen is in here. In here, uh, he just he didn't race many big races last year, so he's probably I have at to, some point. Yeah, he'll shoot up. He, where did he finish at this race? Where did he finish at the NC? Oh, I want to say like maybe tenth or something like that. Okay, tenth. Still okay, and now he finished second here. Mm -hmm. Right? He got second? Yeah. He finished second. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Gives us something to talk about when there isn't much going on. All right. Um, Live RC racing by the numbers. So they did a comparison, uh, active races by monthly. They basically said, check out the events of 2020. How the events of 2020 have affected racing entry counts and the trends all the way back to 2018. These numbers show all the active racers by month. So as you can see, the numbers were increasing in June. If one weekend left in July, they are increasing, increasing again. So this is pretty interesting to see. Back in June, uh, January of 2018, 2019, 12,200 active racers. 14,029, and 16,140 at the beginning of this year. Yeah, then an increase from just under 4,000, over four, just under 4,000 from 2018. Um, then we move forward a little bit. It, it, it varies. Each, then February, again, once again, 2020 had more racers. March, obviously what's been going on you know, I think when the COVID strike, like the end of March, sometimes the racing kind of dwindled. But yeah, I just think this is an interesting stat. So now we come to June of this year, and racing's kind of just getting back in America. And yeah, it's it's pretty even. Twelve thousand one hundred and seventy in two thousand eighteen, thirteen thousand two hundred thirty-one in twenty nineteen, and eleven thousand one hundred and fifty-eight this June. This is it. If we didn't have these numbers, people, you can see that RC is growing some. Obviously, this does not count for everyone around the world. That doesn't mean that RC is growing. It could just mean that more people are using live timing, live RC. Right. That's true too. That's true too. It is it, the numbers are deceiving, but yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I know you're all excited about this, but Ty Tessman wins in Kamloops. You know, Ty can't travel to America right now. 
So he just has to stick and stay in Canada. Um, have you seen his new goatee? He's he's looking very Gord esque. Oh, uh, I haven't. Oh man, he's he's looking like Gord. He's got a goatee now, and um, he's looking like his old man for sure. Testman's oh. getting. Testament's got to be about twenty eight now. I would say this can only mean one thing about my theory. <laughs> Let's see. Testman was what fourteen and twenty eight in two thousand and eight. That's twelve years ago. So he's twenty six, twenty seven now. He's getting older. He's he's definitely he's definitely. I'm looking at his picture. He isn't like a skinny little kid no more. Definitely. Yeah, you better be careful, Joseph. I wouldn't tease him too much. He might knock you the hell out. I don't think so. When I wonder when he's gonna fire his dad. I don't know. Why would he? Fire? I mean, at some point, Larry <clears throat> did it. Well, I think like Tebow didn't necessarily do it. Right. I divine, think what it is divine intervention. I think what's with Gord is that. Um, I mean, Gord's not a young man anymore. He's getting up in age, and we know that RC stresses you out. So maybe, maybe Gord might step on at some point, but I don't think so. I think he likes this stuff so much that uh, he'll be around. But Tessman is going to the Calgary Stampede race that's coming up at the end of this next week, I think. Uh, guy, the JQ guys were going, but Ryan Steck was telling me he can't go now because Canada's kind of getting stricter, stricter with their rules on COVID. So, unfortunate for that. Mm-hmm. Adrian Martin raced this weekend too. Shows that the old man, older man, can still get it done. Um, good to see him still racing. We got to get Adrian on this podcast. Definitely got to get him on this podcast. Talk. He's probably got. He's probably a wealth of knowledge as well. Oh, this is the exciting news for me. So, we, I, I. Our guest next week is, is I already planned it, but it's going to be Mikhail Orlowski, the Polish Punisher. So it looks like they had a race in Poland and the Kilichs went there. And it's Nitro because, you know, like Mikhail has realized that Nitro is the glory. He even said that to me in a message. Nitro is the glory. So he, what they had a race. racing now then? I don't know. I can't see from the picture. Cannot tell from the picture, but he's going to be on the podcast next week. So I'm going to ask him. And um, the Polish Punisher TQ'd this. He's only racing. This is the second time racing Nitro. He TQ'd the race. And in the 45-minute final, he had a small crash, which caused the flame out just before the loop. And that's when Borak got past him. So, um, dude, this guy, if he sticks with Nitro, he's probably going to upset people. Yeah, he's a really good driver. Yeah, he's and what what amazes me is that Poland is like not known for the RC scene, and he's extremely fast. So I want to know how that has happened. Due to the, the EOS going to Poland and that stuff. Okay. So have then, you ever been to Poland? I've never been. So they started doing the EOS in Poland, and obviously they must have had some tracks then indoor 10 scale off-road on carpet and he raced Durango back in the day and that's kind of when he got fast and then they had an EOS and he suddenly did really well and got noticed and got some sponsors and then the rest is history he's not he's not he's young still too as well he's probably 20 21 
Yeah, because he was also super young when he started doing really well. 14 or something, I can't remember. So interesting. So that's a naturally talented dude, like and you know, um Bill let's screw this news. I have something to say. No, 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 hold on. No, no, it's about the young young drivers. So every once in a while, for whatever reason, Billy Easton calls me. Mm -hmm. So he called me. Was it yesterday? Can we call him? Can we call him to get him on the podcast, please? <laughs> right. He was. On I don't know. Next time, next time he calls, then I'm gonna bring it up. So anyway, one he said something which was good, and we talked about it. Which is, how long are these older guys still gonna race? So so, if you think about other sports, for example, what tends to happen is. Even if you look at Formula One right now, you have Vettel. He is a multi-time world champion. He's still a good driver. Put him in a good car and he can still win, right? But the teams mm -hmm. are investing their money in younger drivers who maybe aren't quite as good, but potentially could be the same or better, but because they have a longer future. So right now, Vettel is without a drive in Formula One. Like he couldn't find a deal with a top team at least. And he's going to be forced to go to some lesser team. Well, in RC, what's happening is we have all these older guys, Cavalieri, Mayfield, Tebow, Lutz, all the like this crew. And they are getting the, the big bucks and the good deals and getting paid by all these companies. And then there are younger guys who are good, but they don't get those like first tier deals. And what that means is we are sort of, because all the, so the majority of the money and the good deals are going to these older guys, there isn't a next generation of younger guys coming in because they aren't being given the opportunity to do that because at the point where you're like 18, 19, 20, you have to make some sort of decisions in your life. Like, am I going to go get a job, go to school? What am I doing here? So if you aren't getting any deal in RC, you're going to have to spend more time doing something else. You can't just, you know, keep going to the track. You don't have the money to travel to all these races. Do you see what I mean? So you, you don't gain the experience, the knowledge and the skills to become one of the elite drivers. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So instead, yeah. if, if there were some like up and coming young guys and they were given an opportunity, it's like, okay, you have a decent base salary and you have traveled to all these races, then they could, then they would make different decisions in their life. They were, okay. So I won't get a job now. This can be my job. Maybe I will still study on the side. Maybe I won't study, study. Maybe I'll do this full time. Whatever their decision is, it's going to be a decision where this young, promising driver now has an opportunity to go for it and become something in RC. But now these, most of the companies are sticking with these older guys. So there's like this one generation of young kids who, who aren't beating the guys partially because they aren't getting the opportunity and the support to 100% go for it. To where they can then start beating those guys do you see what i mean so eventually i guess 
time will take it what's that what time will take its toll change priorities in these people's yeah. lives and they will start losing to other guys and but like it's it's kind of weird actually how that transition hasn't sort of happened so eventually it will happen but i think there might be a group of drivers who never really got that opportunity Oh, there is a whole group of guys that never got that opportunity. But the problem is that these guys are still winning, but those guys who probably could have beat them never got that chance. Yeah. So, so if we think about it, like what's this uh, TLR guy who went to Agama now? He uh, won Tyler, jo Tyler Jones. He is good enough to where, let's say one of these companies had just gone for it. Like, oh man, this guy, he he's really good. He, he could win. He could be an, the next testman kind of more Tebow or whatever, right? And just hired that guy, given him a good uh, deal. And then within a couple of years, he's one of the top guys and he's like 10 years younger. But he, yeah, didn't, he, he hasn't got that deal. Well, it's, yeah, um, we can use um, Seth and Dalen as an example of that as well. Uh, here he is. He's not only he's not just knocking on the door. He's kind of kicking the door down right now. And twenty twenty one's coming up, and some company is going to grab him if 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 Techno doesn't. I mean, I want to talk about this in, in the P and B recap more, but um, uh, he, the, I think, and I actually think Tyler Jones is another one too who can do it. He's in school and stuff as well, but. There, there are two great examples. I would say there are two great examples of guys who aren't being fanboys and they want to be champions. Maybe Seth a little bit more because I don't think he's in school. I think he's working and, you know, he wants to do this. He has a track, has an awesome track and all this stuff. But if you're a young, aspiring racer, maybe these are the two guys you should be following as well. Because, um, well, Seth's with Techno. Obviously, Techno has... Bornhorst and and Tebow, they don't, I don't think they have enough room for three 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 fast horses. Tebow right now is number one. Uh, Bornhorst could have probably won that race at PNB. Well, we need to talk about this a little in PNB. But you know, uh, Jones, he he he, I don't know what happened in his main, but he went out and TQ'd first round of of of, of PNB this past weekend unfortunately he doesn't get to any of the much of the bigger races like he, he should have been at dnc and stuff like that but he's in school so it's hard to do all of that so yeah i don't know man what we're gonna do i mean look at it like leclerc uh botas i think botas is still young moving into mercedes like Vettel's, like you said and, and he's gonna be out like the people like leclerc leclerc is probably saying his name wrong but he's he's aggressive and he's brash and and he he's bringing interest to formula one and and that's what I would say to to any of these young guys. Like, don't be vanilla and be be aggressive and 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 say what you want to do and and bring some bring some passion to to a, a hobby, a sport that we desperately need. Bring some bring some charisma to this to this awesome hobby sport that we do. I really want one of these young guys to do that, you know. And I hope they do. And that, that will help make our sport more popular. People will get more invested in it. So Billy Easton called you. Hey, hmm. I need to get him on the podcast, Joseph. Okay. Next time I'll ask him. Yes. Yes. Please do. In fact, you should send him a message after we get off the phone here, uh, after we finish recording. 
But yeah. Uh, final, well, we have two bits of news before we move on. I see Model X, Model X, Model X, sorry, out of Spain are unveiling an RC parts brand. They have not announced the formation of the new RC parts. It's actually called RC parts brand. RC parts is a wide selection of radio control products of a value for money that is hard to beat among the product line. You can find all sorts of tools, electrical accessories, accessories for crawlers, rims, wheels, spare parts for most used like the most used crawlers and other ex aesthetic accessories among many other products. The brand allows Model X to offer a larger range of products at a very affordable price to all of our clients. Well, I need you to get on the phone with, with Roger and tell him I would like some scale parts, please. What can he do? I know you're not into this part of RC, but I am an RC enthusiast. And I'm looking at my scale trucks right now hanging on the wall, and I need to get out and, and go take them out. Maybe this weekend. So good stuff, RC parts. I'll talk. Okay. Maybe they need uh -huh. to maybe they need to promote the new brand on the podcast or something. Maybe they should. We need yeah. to talk to him. <clears throat> we need to talk to Roger. Okay, so the other news this week that had everybody talking, I posted it up on on in the no name RC podcast. Facebook page. I actually debated about doing this. I, when I saw, when I read this, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I understand. I don't agree with it, but that's his, that's his decision at the end of the day. But I was, I was really hoping Lutz would go. I knew Lutz wasn't going to PMB last week. Uh, I found out he wasn't going to PMB the week before he wasn't going. I thought it was all about me, about COVID, which I totally understand, but he didn't go to PMB and Billy Tylaska didn't go to PMB as well. And I, and I was talking to him and that was because of COVID and that's, that's fine. I totally understand that. You know, that's people that I'm cool with that. But then the blog, uh, Ryan Lutz wrote his blog and, you know, I really, really, I am, look, you guys, I really like Ryan Lutz. I think he's a great, great man. Um, I respect him a lot. And yeah, he just, well, basically he didn't go to PMB because as, as we all know, Lutz is a devoted Christian and I have nothing against that. Um, I used to be involved in the church and all that stuff. I used to, you know, all that pretty deep. I understand a lot of things. I'm not into that anymore, but that's my, my, re, my, my choice. But I, I, I respect this choice. Uh, I think Lutz is a great dude. Like, um, but basically he didn't go to PMB because he doesn't like, you know, Dave is, Dave is a, Dave's got a horror, uh, haunted houses and PMB is all about being psycho. So Dave's got like monsters walking around and, and, um, girls dressed up that look like, like Gothic looking girls and different, like, you know, he's, I guess he's, um, I guess Dave is really good at doing like, you know, like movie type, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Joe, for, uh, props and stuff like that. So it's all about that, like, you know, like a haunted house, like just monsters and different types of crazy stuff all around. That's the theme of psychology. The devil's work, you know? Yeah, well, it's been the theme since it started, you know? And, and Lutz has gone to this race for, for many years. He's done well at this race. So this year he, dis, he, said, he wrote this blog and decided that he's not going because of the, the demonic theme that Psycho Nitro Blast uh, basically promotes. Now, before you go on your soapbox, 
I I totally understand this because when I was in the church and uh, before before like that, people would say stuff like this. Oh, you can't do this because it promotes this and promotes that, and like everything promoted something to do with the devil, like you know, um, or whatever. You know, I was in a religion so strict, like uh, we used to. Uh, you couldn't watch TV or anything like that from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, like you know. That's kind of the the church I grew up as a young kid. Luckily, my mom wasn't in it, but my aunt, she used to send me with my aunt. Um, as I got older, I got out of that. Uh, you know, I got playing sports, and that had to be on that was on Saturday, and just faded out of that. I, I I understand a lot about religion and church and all that stuff. I'm not a follower, but I understand what he's talking about. I just don't agree with it because that's just my opinion. I can respect him and his opinion not to go and why he didn't go and, and all that type of stuff. But uh, I just like, I, he could have just said he just didn't go because of COVID, but he says like, I could have just said that, but I decided to say this. So I don't know, man, it's, it's a shame. Lutz wasn't there. Um, I think COVID aside, he needed to kind of be there because I mean, let's be realistic. He hasn't had a very good 2020. Didn't make the main at, um, at Montpellier, didn't make the main in Nitro Buggy at DNC. He, Lutz, needs a great performance at a big race. You know, this is, this is his job. Like, people have to understand, this is your job. This is your job. Your job is performance-based as well. Yes, Lutz is a great ambassador, and he does lots of good things and all that stuff. And, but also results, man. People want results. So if you're not getting the results as well as not doing the, you know, like, well, let, let's be realistic. Like, look at Mayfield. Mayfield get, well, I want to talk about that a little later, but let's use him for example. Mayfield gets results, but he isn't very active on social media. You know what I mean? But he gets results. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I know. I wish you would answer instead of waiting. Like, you're so yeah, I'm buffering. Huh? I'm buffering. Uh, needs a USB. Um, I just, I just don't under, you know, I can respect that he didn't go. I want to see him race because I want lots to do well. I like him. I want him to do well. I want it to do well for Agama and Nemo. Um, but man, uh, I don't know. I respect his choice and I respect him to stick to his guns and all that type of stuff. Um, I understand it. I just don't agree with it. So, and it, it started, you know, there's a big discussion about it after this on the, on, on the no name RC Facebook page. So a lot of people were like, Oh, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were chastising him. Some, a lot of people was kind of on, on me, like, like me, they understand it. Don't agree with it. All the people praising him. I know you, what you're going to say. So, Go ahead, make it quick, and don't be so savage. Well, it's ironic that this happened, because last week my rant was about how I think people should make up their minds and then have some integrity and stand behind their beliefs and opinions and you know, be consistent. And now, now with this, it's like, well, you can't say anything now because Lutz basically did that. Yes. Oh, he did? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, that's great. But here's the problem. We live in the year 2020. If you are going to be so religious, 
such a devout Christian that you believe so deeply in the Bible and all these th stories that you refuse to go to an RC car race because of a uh, uh, haunted house theme to the race, then unfortunately it makes you a massive hypocrite. The reason is that you can't, if you can't take your religion and live a pure, however you are supposed to live in the name of Jesus, in the society that we have created, with all the knowledge that we have, you just can't do it. So you as a religious individual need to need to draw lines somewhere that this is okay, this isn't, this is okay, this isn't. But it's going to be your opinion. It's not going to be based on some sort of principle that you can logically follow through with. It just, it doesn't work. Maybe back in the day, in a simpler time with less knowledge, maybe it was possible. Most of the things that people didn't know, oh, God did it. Just whatever you don't know, it's basically God. Today, the things that we can still say, oh, that's God, it's becoming less and less and less and less and less. And if you're super religious, then you still hang on to some things which everyone else basically knows, like this is, you know, we know we, we have an explanation for this. And then super religious people still say that, no, that we don't accept your explanation. It's actually good. You know, so you when you make these kind of strong, you take strong positions, strong stances, and you base them on your faith, it makes you seem like a massive hypocrite. It just does, because it's not, you can't live consistently according to, to those principles. It just doesn't work. So that's kind of my point of view. So do I have a problem with him not going because of his religious beliefs? No, I don't. Do I agree? No, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's, it's so dumb, seriously. But do I have a problem with it? Like, no, not really. Doesn't affect me in any way. He can do what he wants. But yeah, I just, yeah, it's it's not when I when I say that people should make up their mind and have integrity and stick by their beliefs, and I also mean that you should have like sensible beliefs. Well, that's kind of kind of a key part to it. Well, you know what, Joseph, man, this comes back to my point that I made. Uh, it was it last week when we talked about that and just everybody has different, different opinions and different beliefs. I know, and but we have to, yes. Okay. This is an opinion. So I don't want to support this race because it promotes this sort of demonic image. Okay. That's fine. Uh, that's an opinion. That's fine. But all the other stuff, like the world is coming to an end and this and that, like, oh my God, like. You have to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a shame. I wanted him to race. He didn't. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's it. Like, there's nothing else we can say about it, to be honest. So, 
It just is what it is, man. That's his decision at the end of the day. And if his his employers are happy with that and they support it, then then that's not a problem for me either. It isn't a problem for me, period. But you get what I'm saying. So I just want him to come back and, and race because I think he can do great. I, I just think he's still got a lot of speed and he can do a lot of he can be fast. I'll just I just I'll to- just come out and say it right now. Lutz is going to be the first fast guy not to get a deal. You think he's going to be like Vettel? Yep, he's going to be done first. Other, the next guy after that will be uh, Cavallari. Well, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that PMB and the PMB recap because Cav did not have. I, I'm just. I want him to do good. I really do. I like Cav. I'm a fan of his. I I just want him to get back to where he was winning and doing and just not even winning, just being in the top three, more consistent stuff like that. So I think I have I have a theory about that, but um we'll talk about that in PNB, uh in the PNB recap. Joseph, I think that's all that the news that I have. Do you have anything to add before we go into the uh BTRC bench racing QA segment? Yeah, I do. What's that? Uh I have a rant for this week, so we'll we're gonna touch on that more there, but there is some news that the RCGP Driven series, episode one mm. is pretty much done. So I don't know. It's up to David, but I'm trying to get him to release it this coming week. So next week. I the 30 second clip that you me and oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It tells a story. So the whole point of this Driven series is it's four episodes. So basically one race per episode. And the idea is to tell the story of the series itself. Uh, so like behind the scenes and the creating this series in RC, then the racing in the series. So the racing, the points, the championship, that's on, and then introducing the teams and the characters. So the drivers, who, who the drivers are, the tension within teams, between teams on track, off the track, that kind of stuff. That's what the, what the idea is. So, yeah, it's a, a big job to get done. And at least episode one, I think, is really good. And all the footage that was needed was existed and all that stuff. And Matt from Control, he has a plan for the rest of the series. And I just hope he has all the footage he needs so he can tell the story he wants throughout. It's going to be really good. So look out for that next week. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I go a week without somebody asking me, when is the docuseries going to drop? When is the docuseries going to drop? And I think people just don't understand the amount of footage that was captured. <laughs> yeah, I, and even that, about- the amount of footage, it wasn't enough because we are kind of understaffed because they had to create the, all those segments for the live show during the day for the race. So there wasn't really enough time to capture the footage they needed for this series, you know, because they, they had to be in the moment doing their thing. And then all the while sort of remember that, oh yeah, I need to capture all different drivers, all kinds of different emotions from all the different drivers, uh, things on the track pits or working, setting up stuff. Like they needed all that footage too, not for the moment, but for the future. So it just wasn't possible to get 
enough of that good footage, but they still have an amazing amount. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff that when I see it, I remember it, but it's like, oh, I didn't even know that they were in a position to get this footage. So yeah, it's, it's good. I would, I only have one thing I, I would ask people to please, when they watch it, share it, like spread the word, because this video series, this is something that it can be enjoyable for people who have never really been into racing into RC racing. So maybe they have an RC car, but never really thought more about attending club races or races, but maybe this sort of video could be something which nudged them in that direction. So please share it on your social media. And maybe if we get more people to view it, then they would consider racing next year. For sure. For sure. I can't wait. Well, you know, Joseph, speaking of races, uh, we have the summer sizzler coming up labor day and uh hey we promote races as well so if you want to promote your race you can hit us up and we'll do that so uh hey let's hear their advert are you tired of running laps against a clock are you tired of qualifying all weekend for a short little main event and cardboard trophies well, you better start packing because your summer is about to sizzle. Scale Racing Sports and BeachRC.com present the newest off-road indoor arena racing event on the East Coast, the Summer Sizzler. Summer Sizzler. If you run 1-8 scale nitro, 1-8 scale e-cars, or 1-5 scale gas, grab a buddy, pack that shit up, and let's go racing. At the Summer Sizzler, we race heads up all the time. A full day of practice, three 10-minute qualifying races, plus a last chance qualifier. 30-minute main events for all adult classes and really cool trophies. Whether you're new to racing or a seasoned pro, register now at rcsignup.com or on-site. Trackside Hobby Shop support from Beach Hobbies, free parking, free camping, free indoor pit area, and the largest driver stand and pit road you've ever seen. For more information, follow, like, and share us on Facebook at Scale Racing Sports. The Summer Sizzler, Labor Day weekend, September 4th, 5th, and 6th, Apex Arena, Withville, Virginia. The Summer Sizzler. Grip it and rip it. And rip it. Rip it and rip it, Joseph. Thank you to SRS crew for supporting the podcast. The Don't forget the Summer Sizzler, Labor Day weekend, and then they have the Blue Ridge Nationals coming up. I'm not sure the date, but I would, I think... If things are clear, I might try to get that, to that. And um, awesome looking facility. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to do big things. So we should, we should support them. So thank you for your support. And hey, if you ain't doing nothing Labor Day, go to Virginia and go do some eight scale racing. And Beach RC sponsors them. And you know what, Joseph? What's that? It's time for the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. 
BeachRC.com. The Racers One Stop Online Hobby Shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing. JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you, BeachRC, for bringing the Bench Racing Q&A segment Thank you to everybody that sent us questions. We want more questions. Send it to us on our Instagram page. Or if you haven't followed our Instagram page, go follow them. Go follow BeachRC's Instagram page. Follow our Facebook page. We want your questions. BeachRC is a brick and mortar hobby shop doing all the right things. They just came back from PMB where they were up there supporting all the racers up there. Brent and Lucas, really good people. They got their Masters of Dirt race coming up uh, in a few months. It should be great. Uh, they have a bad app, probably one of the best or the best indoor 10 scale tracks on the East Coast. Some of the best clay you ever want to race on. Go support Beach RC. You can get your NNRC swag from them, hats, shirts. If you can, use our affiliate link. It helps us out. So, Joseph, are you ready to answer some questions? As ready as I'm going to be. All right. Eric Morrison. What is the correct way to stop the engine? Plug the exhaust or hit the flywheel? What are the disadvantages or advantages? And and does either harm the engine? Either, either method do any harm to the engine, if any? Well, I think both are fine. It's not really a big issue. I think maybe the in theory, the better way would be to stop the flywheel like with the end of your shoe or the end of a screwdriver. Some screwdrivers have like a rubber piece on the end for the, like tuning screwdrivers for that purpose. Uh, if you just cover the exhaust, then it kind of floods the engine with fuel and stops it. I don't really know if that that's bad either. I don't see that really being a problem either. I think I, that might be. I, okay. Um, number one, never try to do it with your finger. I've seen people try to, You're especially a rubber Stopping the flywheel, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not good. I, I, I do the bump method too with my thumb when it's like when the cars are just island or whatever. Um, I also do the, the exhaust plug. I Sometimes I feel like the bump method just stops it short and that can't be too good for like the Conrad bearing and stuff. But I've been doing it for years and I don't see any difference. But I think either method is preferable. But then like either method, like a lot of guys use their fingers. Like, let's be realist. I, I use my finger all the time. I um, would never and, use my finger on the flywheel. Really? No. Because I do you can, but let's say you hit a rock or something on the track and it scratched the flywheel and there's like a sharp edge on it and you're going to cut yourself. You can't yeah, well, I would. I don't like to use my finger on the exhaust. I need to stop using my fingers anyway because I only have one set of good fingers to use. So <laughs> definitely, those tuning screwdrivers that have the rubber pieces is, is the best thing you could do because the the rubber piece fits into the stinger, and it also bumps the um, 
uh, the flywheel. I even think people like make little rubber things that you that you put on your keychain and stuff like that, too. So I, I don't think there's a disadvantage to either method, to be honest. Just get the engine stopped. Yep. I like sometimes I'd like to put it on the starter box and stop it. Too. Yeah. Adam Camacho, what's up, Adam? What are Rupert's must-have in his pit bag? First off, let me tell you, Rupert doesn't have a pit bag. He has a muffler box. Oh, I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves with you. I think we actually had a pit bag at RCGP and DNC this year. But, man, do you know how difficult it would be when I would go pit for you and you would have your tuning screwdriver, your fucking um, heat gun, because you have one of those big exergen heat temperature gauges, um, your glow plug, your starter box in your car, in a and all we have was like a reds or now a ultimate like pipe box. That was our pit box. And I'm only got one hand, proper hand. So I'm going to walk up to the, you know, walk up to the pit lane with that. <laughs> That's what we used to carry. Like literally, I don't think you carry much more than that. Uh, no. Yeah, I think for big races, though, for big mains, a couple of things I like to, like, well, I know he's asking you, but I, I think you're getting a little better. For bigger mains, definitely a wheel nut, definitely maybe two spare tire wheels and tires, just in case you got tires coming off. Um, you can come and make a quick change. Um, a glow plug is always good to have. What else would you think, Joseph? Yeah, just glow ignite to tuning screwdriver, fuel, fuel gun, glow plug, glow plug wrench. That's like that's basically what you need. Yeah. And like if no, if you really oh, think tie wraps. something's gonna fall off, then yeah. The 1.5, uh, 2, 2.5, 5.5 mil knot. Yeah. I would say carry duct tape or gorilla tape too. There's not much you can do with that. Yeah, well, like if we had duct tape or gorilla tape when you when you got when your body post got broken at DNC twenty eighteen, we could have bought your car in, taped on the front part of the body, and you could have finished that race. Been there, done that. It doesn't stay on. Well, you're using duct tape. Got to use this gorilla tape, man. This stuff is is strong. Okay, y'all, mellow, y'all. He used to live in Bermuda. Question for JQ. If you watch PMB Pro Buggy Final, why the techno cars drivers look much better than others in the whoop section? Uh, which race? PMB Final. PMB. Uh, honestly, I think was Seth somehow better than others too. I think Tebow was the best through there, but Seth was just as fast, and Joe was just as fast. Well, I think Tebow with was Tebow, the I, with Tebow. It's Tebow. Seriously, I think you give him any car and he will do that. If there's something to the car being good in that kind of section, it could be the fact that, that they have really long arms and narrow pivots. So what that does is as the suspension moves, uh, it helps keep everything more consistent as, lo as long as far as the, like the sort of wheel angles are concerned and i think that 
Oh, so, sort of like the geometry roll center slash wheel angles are concerned. It's it's a sort of stable setup. And also with the long arm and narrow pivot, I always felt that the cars will absorb bumps and landings better. So going through a whoop section, that's basically what you're doing. It's just constantly jumping, landing, not always 100% straight. So the car needs to be forgiving in that sense. That, and and uh, let's say a Mugen, very wide rear pivot, shorter arm. Let's say you land a bit sideways, not, not quite straight. And then you want to jump and land again. It's not going to be as forgiving so it might you know pitch the car more to one side and you have to correct it as a driver where maybe with the narrow pivot long arm you don't even necessarily notice that because the 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 car absorbs that you see what i mean you land a bit crooked then you jump again and you land again and you don't notice anything really happened because the car handled that but maybe on a mugen with a wide pivot short arm you would notice that there would be a wobble so yeah I think the fact that it's T-bar that that uh, that's already one positive thing because he's good on those kind of sections. But then, yeah, there, there could be something to the car also compared to the the others that he was racing. Awesome, and uh, I, I will give the. I think the guys from the moto background they just they love those whoops, and like it was like watching James Stewart and like Ricky Carmichael going through the whoops there on that section at some points. And Tebow was just more like, more like Stuart. Like he would get that rhythm going through there. Joe would get it. Seth would get it. But then I think they would mess up at the la later half, the last half of the whoops where Tebow was just like, blip, 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 blip. And he was, it was just good, man. Michael Norris. What's up? Third world janky shite. What's up? Mike Norris, oh my God, he's hilarious. Weight distribution, front, what front and back percentages does Joseph recommend for nitro buggy and what are the best ways to manipulate it? I can't remember the percentages, but it's like more, slightly more weight to the rear on all cars, all eight scale buggies, I think at the moment. The further forward you move the weight, the more steering you'll have in hairpins, the more sort of twitchy, nervous the car will feel, low speed. Then high speed, the car will actually begin to push a bit the further forward you go. Uh, but also the car will jump better. It, it sort of jumps and lands really well. High, spe high speed, very stable. Low speed, more twitchy, more nervous, more steering. Um, the car kind of feels light and nimble. Then when you move the weight back, the car feels heavier, slower. It, it's sort of more calm. And for that reason, it kind of could feel easy because it's, it calms everything down, slows everything down a bit. But then high speed, not quite as stable because instead of a slight push, you might have some oversteer, like the rear might want to step out easier. Like let's say you... With the weight forward, you enter a corner a bit too fast. It kind of just pushes a bit. Weight back, enter a corner too fast, and the rear wants to swing around. So that's obviously not as stable a situation. Doesn't jump as well also. Doesn't land as well. And uh, 
loose flat hairpin corner car will push the rear end will just stick car will push so low speed less steering high speed potential oversteer losing the rear end doesn't jump as well doesn't land as well with weight back so that's that's what you're choosing between basically and i think that the best way to add weight is not how people are adding weight now now what people are doing is they're adding weight like the b block brass or c block brass or weight right behind the front gearbox or right in front of the rear gearbox and i don't think that's the best way to do it i think what should be done is you make the car as light as possible and then you add a bigger amount of weight like a somewhere between the front gearbox and the center diff maybe like right in front of the center diff mount you add weight there that's still going to shift the the weight distribution forward which you want but the mass is still is going to be central that's going to be better for the handling of the car same for the rear so right right behind the center diff not right at the rear gearbox so add more weight and add it close to the center of the car but to the rear so i think that's a much better way to add weight you still get the change in weight distribution you want but it makes the car still more stable i don't see too many people doing that actually awesome thank you michael for the question all right on to our next question josie all right jacob edwards he asks do you think baby truggy is going to take off soon well they had one heat of baby truggy at pmb i i don't have nothing wrong i don't have nothing i know you you're probably gonna diss it but i i think baby truck is actually pretty cool it used a stadium truck wheels and tires and stuff like that i just think it belongs 10 in 10 scale where it is 10 scale um but i mean it had one heat one one heat just need one heat at pmb i don't think that's taken off so i don't know yeah it's not gonna take off <laughs> it's not gonna take off oh that's your opinion yeah um yeah i don't know man i don't know i think it needs more than one heat at pmb to take off i'll tell you what e is growing well that's stupid well I, but I, hey it's it's growing dude e-truggy is growing and nitro truggy is is slowly getting smaller slowly slowly smaller slowly okay next question we you know what man we always get these these questions after a race time event greg simpson i don't think he's talking about race time but it's about sandbagging what are your thoughts on people sandbagging so they can be trophy chasers how can promoters stop racers from sandbagging? We've ranted about this. We've talked about this a few times. Don't have so many uh, ridiculous classes. That's how. Exactly. There's a pro class for people that are sponsored. By sponsored, I mean they get free shit, they get paid, or they just want to race the pro class. That's the pro class. Then there's another class for all other idiots. That's it. 
Then for I local, think... regional club racing, smaller races, then in addition to those two classes, you can still have, you know, a junior class or a novice class or something like that, for example, or a 40 plus class. I think, honestly, if we want to improve our racing situation here, we need to do away with so many fucking classes. Like the 40 plus class is just a way for people to get more track time, basically. Uh, so just make it a main event, like after qualifying, okay, so the 40 plus guys race a main, you know, don't have separate practice, separate qualifying for all these millions of different classes, you know, just organize main events for those guys so they can race for bragging rights and get a trophy, whatever you don't need to have this. I don't understand how these race organizers don't understand this. Well, I guess maybe they do understand it. They just want the entry money. No, the, that's what it comes the, on. The, more classes, more classes, more chances to win. Yeah, um, you can still have the chances to win by just organizing a main for those guys. You don't need to organize all the fucking practice and qualifying separately for all these classes. Just have them qualifying in one class and then break up some mains. Okay, there's a junior main here and there's a 40 plus main there and there's... Uh, left-handed idiots main here you know i don't know why i said left-handed idiots it just came out i don't mean that left-handed people are idiots i just yeah, mean, I mean that some of the left-handed people might be idiots and then there might be enough of them at the race so that we could have a class for the left-handed people who also are idiots you know so they can all qualify together then race their stupid mains and then also race that main open class whatever like Figure something out. Fuck's sake. It's been long enough. Pretty much, but it's not going to go away because entries are needed. Or one, when you go, when you have all these big entries, you don't get much track time. So you need track time and promoters need to make money and people want trophies. So it's not going away. And how to combat sandbagging in that? Well, promoters are just going to step up and say, okay, well, if you're winning, by such and such, you gotta bump up. But even then, like it's such a it's such a slippery throat, a razor's edge. It's boulder. It's just, you know what it is? It's just boulder dash. I went, I've been waiting to use that word for a while. Um it's just not gonna be fixed. Uh it, it's we can complain about this forever and ever and ever. It's just not gonna change. And it is what it is, man. If you're gonna have multiple many classes like this, people are just gonna sandbag and they'll probably sandbag and go slow and then blow people away in the main then what you're gonna say like oh take take that guy's trophy away from him in the main then he doesn't come back to race i've or, never understood know? people who feel good about winning or getting a trophy or something for some meaningless achievement by that by meaningless <laughs> achievement i mean that if you are sandbagging it's meaningless to you because you are in the wrong class like if i go and race the novice class and i win it doesn't mean anything to me or if i race the open class at dnc and i win the open class it's not gonna mean anything to me because it's the wrong class for me to race mm -hmm. i'm not gonna be happy like i don't understand people who would do that and be happy like yeah i won what the f I never understood that kind of mentality, really. 
because but if you RC is if you're a young kid and it's like your first race and you win novice, oh my god, that's that means something. If you've been racing a few years and you go to DNC and you you know win open class or do really well, it means something to you, you know, because that's the best you've ever done. Like this is it, you know, and then you move forward, then you move up to the next one. So I don't understand that. I, mean, I can't relate. Yeah, it's pretty. It's I don't I don't know, man. But this is RC, and everybody wants to be important. Everyone wants to write that, you know, that race port that they won. And then it's funny because you see, like, I think it's funny when companies don't mention that it's novice sportsmen or whatever class. They just say, oh, such and such one at this. Yeah, class. like some Mugen kid won TQ and won some novice class club race with like three people. And then uh, Mugen posted the picture and put a Mugen logo on the trophies where it said novice. Did you see that? Mimo buggy, Mimo. <laughs> that was so funny. Like that was a legit post Mugen did, right? Wasn't it like I, a screenshot I mean, or something of it? Yeah. So yeah. Mugen, Mugen took that picture and oh, just, just novice class, and they put a big Mugen logo over it, so you didn't see that it said novice. And in the caption, it just said that he won some race. <laughs> so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Oh well, I bet that's it is team bump. It is. You used Nitro mm -hmm. Haas. He used to work it off now. He he wants oh, okay. a Mugen now. Oh, okay. I don't know. Spencer Klein. Actually, Spencer had a really good PMB. He says, no question, but just wanted to thank you for all the support. You are a true man of the hobby. Thanks again. Thank you, Spencer. I have some good things to say about you because you did really well at uh, PMB and Intermediate. And um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, keep up the good work, dude. My buddy, Dijon Painter. Ask anyone who knows where the mystery hats are. I'm trying to get some hats made, and the guy just isn't answering me. I'm trying to get some fitted hat made, one for my big head. I need to get a size 8 made. Uh, I'm trying to get one for my boy, and I owe Salty Joe a hat. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be the all no-name RC podcast hats. So I'm going to put, like, no-name RC logo and then put a big Salty on the back or something for Salty Joe. But if anybody knows anybody that's doing fitted hats, not printed, uh, you know, what's the other thing? We, we, embroidered. Uh, let me know, because uh, my guy, he's busy, and he hasn't answered me. Uh, two viewer, uh, two private message questions. My buddy from Clint Treadway, 454RC Works. He has a question. When do you use CVDs or universals? What conditions, Joseph? Oh, God. You know what? I always almost feel like just wait for the guidebook to be out and read that. I, I, I recently wrote this chapter. Basically, oh, yeah, touch on it fast. There's two different things happening. So the CV, well, technically CVAs is what we have in eight scale. So that A is for axle, the, the ball shape. Uh, the CV, CVD, the ball shape is on the axle and the drive shaft is the bigger part. You see what I mean? How it's built? The drive shaft sort of encapsulates the ball and the axle and then CVAs, uh, the bigger part is the axle and then the ball is on the drive shaft. And that's what we have in eight scale. So CVA is apparently the term that's used. It comes from constant velocity joint. So it's a CV joint. Well, it's actually, it isn't in eight scale. 
or in RC cars, the joints we use and we call CV, they aren't actually CV. They're just a universal joint with more surface area and more friction in it. So it's still a universal joint. Um, it just has more friction and more bind in it. So the difference is really that if you have a car with universals, there will be less bind in the suspension on power. So the, the force, the friction, friction in the joint will be lower as you are on power, which means that the suspension can move freer. So if you hit a bump on power, it's going to absorb that bump easier with the universals compared to the CVAs. Now where it gets a bit more complicated is then when on our eight scale cars, the CVA joint isn't in the same place. So I'm what I'm just explaining is when you have a universal and then you replace it with a CVA that keeps the joint in the same location. Now Kyosho has those, uh, JQ Racing has those. What they look like is basically you assemble the joint and then there's a sleeve, an aluminum sleeve that you slide over it and that keeps the pin in place. So when you change between those, what you notice is that Universal maintains corner speed easier. Uh, it feels a bit softer. Or the car feels a bit softer on power. And it just, it feels freer going around the track. You let off and it rolls really good and get through the corners fast. That's, that's the feeling you have. When you put those CVAs on, it gives the car a feeling of drag brake. That's the best way I could describe it. It gives the car more forward bite, like initial grip, like the car somehow is feels, feels more stuck to the track, but it also feels like it sort of slows down when you let off and you want to go in the corner. So it's harder to actually maintain your quarter speed. It's, it doesn't quite feel as free going around the track. But this is not a like it's not a massive difference. You can notice it, but it's not massive. You can still do the same lap times with both. Um, when it gets bumpy, that's where you notice a bit bit of a bigger difference. But even then, it's not a massive difference, I would say. Now, the bigger difference comes then when you use the kind of CVAs that we use in eight scale, for example, on the rear of the black edition we have these optional cvas that move the joint out into the hub inside the inner bearing of the hub so now that actually changes the situation quite a bit and the reason is because the location of the joint changes so now i think the type of joint isn't as important here anymore it's where that where that joint is and because it's further out, what happens is it doesn't bind as much anymore. So it actually will drive around the track and feel softer than even the universal. So it won't bind as much. It won't offer the same support. So if you, let's say you go in a corner and you get on the power and sort of while you're still cornering and you want to exit, the car will squat more on the outside rear tire. The drive shafts won't bind that much. It won't offer that support. So it will actually be softer, even though it's a CVA, because the, that joint is further out now. 
so why is this good? Why would you want to use this? I think you would want to use this in situations where the track is very difficult and the traction is very inconsistent, high grip, dusty, low grip sections. It's kind of hard, hard to drive around the track and you, you, you're kind of losing the rear end in places suddenly and you just want to lock in the rear end. That's when you could go to this. So the CVA with the joint inside the inner bearing in the hub, it maintains more consistent traction. You lose a bit of the, the sort of fast square, squaring up, accelerating straight. You lose a bit of that snap, but you gain more consistent rear grip that the car is just easier and more safe to drive around the track. Personally, I use universals front and rear, front and rear almost all the time. That's just how I've developed my setup. So I think that's why I do that. If I was to start running the CVAs in the rear, I think I would have to rework my setup and find something then that that works better with that. But I don't, I haven't found anything like that, to be honest. I just like the universals front and rear. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, you my podcast on, explanation. You went pretty deep on that one. I kind of fell asleep, but uh, I understand it. <laughs> All right, so we have some Instagram questions from Corey Dread twenty four thousand for JQ. What would you need to gain the speed to make a mains consistently? Would you have to practice with the guys? that are fast, that have that, that speed. I would have to not run a company and do a million other things and just race. And maybe then I would, I don't know if I would, but much better odds than now. I probably, even then I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't always make the main, but I would be I don't able know if to he's make asking. the main more consistent. I don't know if he's asking for you or asking for himself. Oh, I thought he was asking for me. Yeah, it does seem like he's asking for you. If, I don't think yeah, I mean, just in general, what you need to do, I think, is first of all, practice more. So there's kind of a number of things, but the three most important things, practice so that you are com comfortable with the car. The more you practice, the better. Most people don't practice enough and not just drive around, but like drive with purpose, drive five minute runs, time them, try and beat your time, that kind of practice. So a lot of that first, second, know the basic set up things that you would potentially change in a race. So if you have different pistons, know which conditions to use five hole, which conditions to use seven hole, for example, and which springs to use, which sway bars to use, how much to adjust camber, anti-squat, toe in the basic things, you know, you've driven with all the settings, you know what to change and when to change it. You don't need to go overboard, just those very simple things. So you have those in your toolbox, you know when to use them. And then third, 
go to the races prepared. So you practiced a lot. You take a bit of a break for a couple of days, three days, whatever. You make sure everything's rebuilt. Engine is good. Diffs are good. Shocks are good. Car is good. Everything's set up well, fixed, prepared. Tires are glued if possible. Everything's charged up. You go to the race ready. It's a big thing. When you go to the race ready, you set up your pits and you know that everything is done. Everything's ready. You're not worried about anything. Nothing's, there's no rush to do anything. Practice a couple of times in the morning. Everything's good. Engine's tuned well. You're ready. That's when you'll do well at racing. So there's, there's no real shortcut. Mostly people with very inconsistent results or that aren't performing as well as they could, they don't do those three things. Well, they do two out of the three. You have to do those three. What's that saying? Piss poor preparation. No, proper pre proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. And uh, what's the other one I like to use? Uh, it's about talent and working hard. I have to remember. I know what you mean. And yeah, I said it the other day. I just can't remember it. So all of the you need. All of the things like to get you can be you can be talent when talent doesn't work hard or something. Something hard work hard work beats talent when talent don't work yeah. hard. Yeah. There you go. Uh okay. The yeah dude, what's up, Chase? Gotta have him on our form of professional skate skater. I really want to get one of his skate decks. He races RC and does a whole bunch of mountain biking now. He asks, is there any way to reverse puffing with lipers? You know how you reverse them, Chase? Get a nitro car and run nitro only. I'm only joking. Um, I don't think you can unpuff a, a lipo. If it's puffed, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have some, some nitros that are slightly swirling and I still would use them. But you're always taking that chance. I don't think there's any way to unpuff a nitro. No. A lipo. A lipo. No, uh, I just be be careful with it. Enrico Maloney, JQ, we need a YouTube live. I kind of miss you. Uh, yeah, it's gonna happen one day. Yeah, for sure. I got some ideas actually. I got some, I got some ideas, Keenan. We're gonna have to talk about that offline. All right, sounds good. Yeah, we need to talk about a few things. We need to get the uh, the uh, the ISMF ruling and all that type of stuff. So, um, IFSM, ISFM, right? No, IFSM. Yeah, right. IFSM. There we go. There we go. Here's one last question from my buddy Chuck DeBellin. Chuck no, DeBellin. No, this is. You ain't gonna know nothing about this, but we all know General Hawk is the GI Joe leader. Oh, but who's the better second? Oh, I've got to ask the question: Who is the better second in command, Duke or Flint? Both appear to be very capable and similar, but I think the difference in their is in their side chick. Duke has the fiery redhead with camo toe drawn into the animations, but Flint has that sexy short-haired woman who reminds me of me and my who reminds me of my sugar mama, Jada. Pinkett Smith. Personally, I think Sergeant Slaughter could kick both their asses. I don't know. I think Flint is definitely more aggressive 
than Duke. Duke seems to be like uh, too vanilla at times. He always seems to get captured too. Clint never gets captured. And I don't know, Lady J is pretty, pretty aggressive as well. Anyway, that is all the questions that we have for the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. We've been rambling on for a good bit now. Uh, thank you, BeachRC, for supporting this podcast and bringing this segment to us. Remember, guys, check out our affiliate link. If you can use it, please go ahead and use it. It helps us out. And uh, check out BeachRC and buy something from a man. Great, great hobby shop. Brick and mortar hobby shop. Joseph, did you disappear when I started talking about GI Yeah, I did, actually. I'm back. Okay. All right. You know what, Joseph? Are we done? We... No, because now we have to do the main PMB recap. Okay. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag techno takeover. Yes, indeed. It was a techno takeover in the P at the PMB Pro Nitro race this past weekend. And that's what we're going to talk about. The PMB recap. Disclaimer. Uh, sorry. Thank you to Techno for bringing us the main interview this week. We didn't have a guest, so we decided to just kind of analyze PMB from outside looking in because neither of us were there. We were supposed we were both supposed to be at this race when it was in April, but then COVID struck and we didn't go. So, um, first of all, before you go on, who filmed the main? Okay, so let's was, it, was let, this live RC or no, it no, was just no, some other random no, person no, or no. what? Unfortunately, uh, nobody's paying live RC to be there, so they're not going. Um, okay. So what it was was just I think they put whoever they can on the camera to film this. This is not a professionally filmed production. It's unfortunate. Okay. It should have been. Yeah. It should have been because this is the first big race after DNC. You know oh my I mean? god! What a shit show! Like the race is end, like it's pretty decent throughout the race, right? And then the very end, they just complete meltdown. You film T-Ball crash on the last lap, then you stop filming him and film like a mid-pack seventh, eighth, ninth battle with Tyler Jones and some other hillbillies, right? You film that and you miss the end. Like you miss the end of the race, basically. <laughs> Tebow finishing right in front of Seth, right? Mm -hmm. They were close. And then uh, uh, who got third? Mayfield? Yeah, but what happened was... Oh, oh, yeah. Mayfield was in the mix too, right? He we was don't even know exactly what lap. happened. Was it, wasn't it like Tebow's leading? Mayfield. Big crash. Mayfield was in second. Mm -hmm. And then Tebow ended up just winning. Seth ended up getting by Mayfield. Isn't that kind of what happened on the last lap? Uh, it's well, all no, 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 no. You got it confused. They couldn't even get it on You got it confused because um, Tebow was out front. Tebow actually, uh, he didn't win by much. He only won by two, just under two he seconds. He had like a... He crashed. 
Let's see. Over 10 second lead and had a 10 second. Yeah, his crash last lap like was a, he had a crash on his last lap, 56 seconds. Yeah. And uh, I didn't see that either. At the end of the straight. <clears throat> and the guy even saw it, filmed it. Like he didn't really get the crash. See, that's another. He's filming Tebow. Then go somewhere else, film some other bullshit. Tebow's crashing. <clears throat> and and then he filmed Tebow as the marshal was running. Tebow gets marshaled. Then he starts filming something else. Well, it's like obviously that's where the fucking race is. <laughs> this guy's leading. He has a massive crash for like a minute, and you're filming the fucking car and it's lit for a minute. The marshal is running. He gets marshaled. You start filming seventh place. Why? Well, I tried strangling the camera guy through the <laughs> computer screen, but I guess it wasn't live, so I couldn't. Oh man! Um, but man, that pissed me off. And then I was trying to figure out, like, what is going on here? Like, how, where's the loop, and how are they finishing? Because it made no sense. Because it kind of, it looked like Seth's car finished ahead of Tebow, but maybe that was Mayfield. Then I don't know what was going on. Right, anymore. because remember Mayfield's running. I was, was kind of trying to figure out, like, okay, they're filming this battle with, I think it was like Tyler Jones and those guys. They're filming and trying to look. Like where where would Tebow be? Okay, who's like what? Oh my god, I just couldn't figure it out for the life of me. Well, the the issue is that uh, Tebow's Seth and Mayfield's car all got white in them now, so mm -hmm. it's very difficult to tell. But I I didn't even know that Tebow had crashed till you just said it, uh, because I didn't see it. And yeah, that's why he lost his big lead. Yeah, he had a fifty sec. He he had a fifty second second. Actually, what happened? It looked like he caught up to Tyler Jones. I'm pretty sure it was Tyler Jones. And he, Tyler wouldn't let him buy. And then, I don't know, picked a different line. Something happened, like, going into that long sweep. But something happened. Like, the reason was he After caught the up to traffic. Away, right? The traffic didn't let him buy. Right. And that's why he ended up crashing. I don't know if he tried to get by or it flustered him or he had to slow down suddenly or something happened where he crashed. But it was because of traffic and then camera guy decided to film that traffic well seth was coming man oh if you God. look at his if you look at seth's last three laps 47 to 46 46 4 46 4 seth was coming and yeah and and mayfield i don't know who that's i i think that's who i got confused the you're talking about over in the the sweeper after the straighter bay correct right yeah. so i saw that too i didn't know if that was mayfield or tebow Oh, that was Tebow. Where, where's the video of this? Uh, Let's look this up. I sent it to you. I, I can, I'm not going to pull it. Is up. it on Live RC or is it on? Uh, no, just it's, on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Two hours in, and uh, that second, that second lot of videos. But anyway, um, yeah, it was definitely confusing. But Tebow won, Seffendale in second, Mayfield third. It, it, it was an exciting race. I will say that, and it had many lead changes. Joe Bornhorst was in the lead. I listened to him on uh, Extra Lap Podcast. He actually ran out of fuel. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about this race before we get started. So this was, this was a very big race. This is always a big race. 24 hours practice, all that type of jazz. Um, I always say about this race, I like going. I'm glad I'm not racing it because it's just insane. 345 participants, 744 entries, over 16 different classes. I even went into breakdown, which was the, the biggest class. Intermediate Nitro Buggy was the biggest class of 89 entries, followed by Intermediate 
not in, intermediate e buggy 78 no sorry sportsman e buggy was the second big sportsman e buggy was the second biggest with 83 uh, intermediate e buggy was number three with 78 and sportsman had 60 sportsman nitro buggy had 60 people the pro, even the pro class pro nitro buggy had 55 people i was impressed with that um 40 plus was down this year only 48 in e buggy 49 in nitro buggy pro e buggy only had 40 people pro truck only 33 uh entries Internet intermediate. So what, what's your conclusion here? I tuned out. Right. Well, basically, that intermediate is still the dominant class of, is the most popular class in RC, and it's one of the hardest classes to win. To be honest, I'm watching Joe Bornhorst blow out. Yeah, well, kind of happy. He didn't blow out. He ran out of fuel. Yeah, he did. Well, he did. He 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 had a moment here, like halfway in or something, where. Well, he, he, well, he, missed, he tried to stretch fuel as well. But we're, we're jumping all over the place here. Let me finish what I was going to say. People who say, why, why, is, why, we don't have a, uh, why do we not have a, a nitro truggy world and all this stuff? Yes, I would like to have a world. But the numbers seem to me like they're going on for nitro truggy. I mean, sportsman, 33 entries. Um, intermediate truggy, 44. Pro truck, 33. The, fuck. E Truggy had the most Truggy entries, 49. So that class, that side of the class is growing. Uh, it was also good to see 20, uh, 21 under 15 E buggies and 20 Nitro buggy entries. Um, so a big race, very big race. Seen some trends here and uh, pretty good. Let's talk about the track, Joseph. Uh, you know what? I really like the track. Yeah, I thought it was big. Humongous. I'm not, I mean, I don't think that the intention was for that center section to be a huge double. Right. It <laughs> wasn't. It wasn't. I, yeah, if I would have to guess, I would guess that that wasn't the intention. No, because it was. But it ended up being one. Oh. In my opinion, had that section not been like that, <clears throat> then it would be just, everything would be well, awesome. Well, th those guys just figured out um, that. See, what it was, that was actually, uh, they had put uh, incline on that. So the apex of the corner was on a hill, and then it went down. So what those guys figured out is that they could jump right over there, cut that big section of track, and land kind of on the downgrade of, the, of that, that, um, that grading that they did on the, uh, on the corner and use it like a downgrade. Wow. Some of them were flat landing as well. But it pushed you wide, and it was faster if you got it right. Some guys were coming up short. But man, them guys just hucked it and sent it, and man, I, I'm surprised more cars didn't break there. Uh, no wall this year. I was happy about that last year. They had the wall. It was, I don't mind walls, but that wall was very, very silly built. It wasn't. It was just like ah, it was crazy. Um, no wall. Used they used every bit of space. I must say, I really, I think the track was was great. I liked the track. I liked the whoops. A lot of people didn't like them. At first, the whoops weren't great, but once they wore on, that you could get a rhythm through them. Yeah, um, in my opinion, the track is a bit too big. It's like unnecessarily big, but um, yeah, it still it still yeah. looked really good. Yeah, to me, um, it looked they, like fun. They did have issues with those wooden jumps on the the double and the um, triple, 
I was talking to some of the Drake Q drivers. They actually started getting holes in their jumps because what it was is was guys were coming off the landings and hitting those, ju- those jumps so fast and scrubbing speed on them. And I think the way they were, I, I'm not there. I, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm just talking from what people are telling me, what I can see from video. It looks like they were kind of not, um, not, they didn't have a lot of concave in them, like a lot of kick up. You know what I'm trying to say here? They were more straight. I think they did that so they didn't send you as high as they could. But I think what happened was that the the bumpers of these cars were just, people were getting to this, because now people are just scrubbing speed right on the jump. So you're scrubbing speed right on the jump. The bumpers of those cars are digging into that wood, and they just created a hill. They had to actually patch the, uh, the pat, they had to patch the hills in the, in the, uh, Wooden jumps. I don't know why they don't just make dirt jumps there. I know the wooden jumps is a as a thing for PMB, but in those case, in that case, I definitely think uh, dirt jumps would have been better because the wooden jumps actually broke down after a bit, and dirt jumps, the dirt jumps would have been softer. You'd have been able to scrub more speed. You know, I just think it probably would have been better in the long run. Yeah, I don't know this. I mean. The wooden jumps were kind of a thing when this race started because they were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't know this. The wooden jumps weren't really anything special now here. Like they could might as might as well have made them out of dirt. Yeah, yeah, pretty you much, know? pretty much. But so. it, that was pretty cool. I really like the whoops, man. I'm a whoop guy. Me too. I, I think more track, tracks need to have more of those sections that are technical mm-hmm. where you just, where everyone isn't doing the same thing, yes. where it takes skill and patience and timing to get them right. Not just like, oh, launch this as fast as you can and launch that and double and land wherever the hell you want. And like, that's boring. It's more technical stuff. Just, that's why even the RCGP, when uh, Anthony built that, I kind of made him make it technical. Like that section where you went over that ski jump thing and then there was a hairpin and you jumped on the tabletop on another one off or you jump, you know, you know the one I mean, or you single jump over on off. Like there were different ways to do it, but it, it was just like, slow it down, make it technical. So people have to think of it. And that was, wasn't really, it was far from perfect, but it was in the right direction, you know, so that we need more stuff like that. We, we slow the speed down. Yeah. Make it technical. That makes for I good liked racing. It. And Bobby's Bobby's always built. I mean, I can think back to um, Boggy Creek days and he would have like, he had like a whole straightaway of whoops. And it, the yeah. thing I, I know pe- people were complaining about them at first, but w- what it is is when they were it on is when they get good. And by that time, that well, I didn't really watch, couldn't really watch much of the other mains because they only they only broadcast the the pro mains, pro finals, and um, I think pro some of the pro qualifying. But man, I just want to. Th- I think that part of the track is what helped Tebow and Seth and Bornhorse all be fast. Yes, I rewatched the end of the race. You know what was throwing me off before also was the fact that the announcer doesn't doesn't know what the hell is going on also. Like he's announcing like, oh, winner, Tebow, and Tebow hasn't even crossed the line yet. That's why I think. Mm. So that's kind of what confused me. Looks like the loop is actually only somewhere later on, like somewhere before pit lane. Like is the loop even on the straight there? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would. Hey, do you have the results there? 
I do have the results here. How far? How many seconds behind Seth was Mayfield? Uh, so Jared, uh, Seth, thirty-eight, thirty, fifteen point five, uh, five, just just under five seconds. Mayfield, okay, so 30. the loop is right before pit lane on the straight. That's what threw me off, because on the video I see two cars close together, as he's saying that they've like finished, mm-hmm. which. I just didn't understand. But what actually happened was uh, Tebow won by a second or something. Not too much. Uh, Chibo, 38, 30.13.7. Seth, 30.30.15. So Tebow wins by a bit over a second after his long crash. And then Mayfield's in second. And Seth passes him at the end of the whoops. You can just see it in the video. Okay. And then they are racing to the line, and Mayfield clips is behind Seth. He's not going to beat Seth, and he clips the line, the the in, inside of corner, flips over. Seth crosses the line. Mayfield gets marshaled. Mayfield finishes. Well, That's Seth, actually you can Seth kind and, of see it in the video. Seth and Tebow were just so fast through his whoops, man, and where everybody else. But yeah, so Seth got it in the whoops yeah, yeah. last night. Man, Seth freaking Van Dalen, man, he isn't knocking on doors. He's kicking them the fuck down. Just. That's good. Yeah, I like it. I like his attitude too. Yeah, so you know what's it's going to be interesting now. So Techno have Tebow, Bornhorst and Mandalen. All three drivers who have shown that they can win, they're fast, they deserve to be paid and travel to all these races. Now, are Techno going to have a three-man team or is someone going to be left out? And if someone is going to be left out, who is left out? I know. I was thinking this because uh, a friend of mine, when he was, uh, he said after the Nitro main, Bornhorst was walking back to the pit and he was just like, fuck, like screaming, like just pissed off. And he has all right to be pissed off. I mean, he was in the lead when he ran out of fuel. And I, I get it. That's the competition that he wants. He, competition. He wants to win. That's money on the line. They haven't raced all this time. Yeah. Um, the, the three techno cars and those three drivers were, were just faster than everybody in that main. I think I think the only other f- really fast person that could have really, pu- if he wouldn't have made some mistakes in the, in the beginning, was Tyler Jones. Um, I don't really know what happened to him. I think he used his joker lane too fat, too soon. But Well, he was leading. He should have used it second lap. I don't know why he didn't. Yeah, I don't know either, man. He, he was fast, dude. He TQ'd like the first round. I don't know what happened in the second round. I haven't heard, but he didn't. He didn't start the second round, but he TQ'd the first round, and it was good enough that he ended up starting second for the main. Because they only had two qualifiers for this race. That was another thing people were complaining about. Only two qualifiers. Yeah, <laughs> two seven-minute qualifiers. Yeah, but they had seventy-two hours of practice. Yeah, two minutes, seven, two seven-minute qualifiers and eight-minute mains. This is seriously the dumbest race ever. See, you always gotta be, and then you yeah, gonna... tracks great, whatever monsters in the pits, yeah. But as a racer, like you race at six a.m. and yeah. four p.m. and midnight, and you get fuck all for track time or actual quality racing. It's just a mess. Well, there's a difference. Between I remember when I was there, there was like no warm up. You just throw the car down, and then first lap you come by, boom, you're racing. Ridiculous. Yeah, Ridiculous. The, the time the, that got a lot of people too. Uh, was the the time uh, because people just get get so excited like Ashton 
uh, Ashton was excited to be there. And I was telling him beforehand, I was like, Ashton, you're going to get excited. You're gonna want, you are gonna you think you got 24 hours of practice. You're going to want to stay up 24 hours. And you think you're going to be able to stay up all weekend. You're not. Like, they had a 15-hour drive because they drove it to Fuller's from wherever, uh, Omaha to to Tennessee. He was so excited. Da, 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 then, like, like, and I just, I've seen this happen. I saw it happen with Baladi. You remember been out that year? I've seen it happen with people, just talking to people. You get so excited. You think you're so excited to be there. Like, everybody's excited to be to a race. To, to be, you know, it's so fun to get back to a big race because even just traveling to the race is a lot of fun and all that type of stuff. But you just burn yourself out. And this race does it. I think it happened to Max last year. Um, you have to get some sleep. So... Yeah, like 24 hours practice sounds good, but then, man, they you race 24 hours, like literally. Like, li- I think qualifying ended on the Saturday morning at like 5. They had, or 4. They posted the mains at 5.30, and then you you had to start racing at 6, Sunday morning. That's that's no fun for me. I'm just there to to spectate and, and help out. But if I, as a racer, I don't want to be a, a part of that. But that's what people like. They know what this race is about, so they go there knowing that. That's that's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. They know what you know what you're gonna get when you go to this race. Um, so that's it. Boom. Joker lane. Joker lane. Yeah, I I, thing or what? I think last year the Joker lane was not in a good place because it's right after the straightaway, and but this year I think the Joker lane made it for exciting racing. Um, Did it really? I think so. I, I liked it because it, it gave you such an, you could catch up. Like if you, you had to, but the thing is you had to make that Joker lane count each time you did it. I think, why don't they do it? So a 30 minute man, you, you can use it three times, but you have to use it once within the first 10 minutes, once within the second 10 minutes. And uh, once during the last 10 minutes, why don't they do that? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with you. I think it should just be whenever you want. Because you might want to save them to the last bit, like Drake. Yeah, but it, it makes for a worse race. Like it forces you that racing actually to be better if you have to do it more at the same time. I, I don't agree with you. I think you should have. Well, it's. I mean, it's demonstrable easily. If if two drivers of the same pace, one decides to take them in the beginning and one in the end, they'll never race together. It's not a matter of opinion. It's just fact. Yeah, but they, then people would have bad. You can have a bad Joker lane. Like, if your Joker lane wasn't forty seconds, forty-one to like thirty-nine seconds, thirty-nine to forty-one seconds, you don't really make up anything. I yes, mean, you make up the same nine seconds or ten seconds every time. It doesn't make the Joker lane slower because you've crashed your brains out somewhere else on the track. Anyway, you still gain the same amount. I like the Joker lane. Maybe they can implement it, but then I just, I just don't know. Like, I think, I think enforcing it every 10 minutes is kind of difficult for the scorekeeper too. I don't know if they can actually do it. Think about it. You got to also, like the, the RD or the, the person who's running the computer, you have to also understand that um, you, they can't overuse it. And they were having an issue, uh, if it How was, do they know that someone didn't well, overuse on the, on the, it? Was there a loop on the yes. joke lane? Yes, and that was actually an issue because it was tripping sometimes as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
well, on the scoring, they would just they would show like the Joker. The only thing I didn't like about the scoring is you couldn't tell how much time they had used it. Mind you, I yeah, didn't know. I know. What, yeah, so. they they need to figure that out still. No, but I, I think it was good. All, overall, I think the track was good. Um, they actually had to put plexiglass uh, barriers up on the driver's stand on the rostrum for COVID. I I think I think the race time. I would say that the race time crew. As as normal, knocked it out, knocked it out of the park. The one thing I would say, whoever did bloody well, hammered on that pipe on the whoop section after that one eighty that came apart, right there, and and caused Rivkin the lead at that time. I think he was going for the lead, like that piece of pipe just came out. Hey man, if you're gonna do a one eighty corner with pipe, make sure that freaking pipe goes all the way, like at least twenty feet down the straightaway. Because that joint came apart right there. Like you had the 180, it went two feet after the corner and then it, three feet after the corner and it was connected to another pipe and that came apart and it was just causing trouble for people. But yeah, we can, we can both agree. We liked that the track. Yes, it was a bit too big, probably too big for me, but that's fine. It's meant to be big. I like that it got rough this year as well. Got rough yeah. in certain sections. Usually it's smooth. I think that has to do with different time of the year. Lot more, um, lot more moisture in the air, humidity, all that stuff makes a big difference. Hot, hot. That's what I knew people were gonna say. I think uh, my buddy Tony said he tempted where they were pitting was 110 degrees. That's not oh, fun for me. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, so it was super hot there. I think in April when it's normal, it's the perfect time to go. Perfect temperature. It can get a little yeah. cold, but it can be nice too. Uh, Wooden jumps, yeah, yeah. The main ones where they were using a lot of speed, they had issues. Whoops, we liked. Jokerland, we were liked. Uh, overall, I think the track was, I think the track and the effort put in was great. Obviously, the the scheduling, the way the races run, yeah, it is what it is. That's just how PMB is. It's only the only race like this, so that's their theme. That's where they stick by it. Uh, Dakota Fenn. Uh, after he won Truggy, you know, as I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, um, I just wanted to like pick Fen to win everything, but I did it. So let's go through, uh, let's go through our pro Nitro Buggy main because that's what we, 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 we focus on her. So obviously we had Jared Tebow, Seth and Dalen, Ryan Mayfield, Spencer Rifkin in fourth, Adam Drake in fifth. I think Adam actually saved all of his, uh, most of his Joker lanes for the later part of the race tyler jones hasn't raced in a long time comes out swinging he should have been better than sixth spencer heckert spencer heckert has been quietly putting in work quietly putting in work and he's making these a mains he's doing well he finished seventh joe bornhorse joe bornhorse could have easily it could have easily been a techno one two three it should have been a techno one two three ran out of fuel that happens. Jared Wiggins. Jared Wiggins made it. Finished ninth. Cole Ogden. Disappointed in Cole. I'm very disappointed. What happened, actually? Uh, let's see. He doesn't have any extra long laps. Uh, he does. He has a 61.8. So maybe he flamed out or something. Probably. So, yeah, probably flamed out. He had a 61.8 on lap 19. He was in 13th when he did that. So he was already behind anyway. 
He just she just was not having a good race. But this is this is the type of races that Cole needs to do well at. This is his home turf. This is East Coast. This is the races that he should be doing great. I don't know. Does Cole only do well when when Adrian and D- and David are on to help him to push him? But I expect more out of Cole at this type of race, especially on the East Coast. He's used to this type of soil. He's used to this terrain. He's used to these indoor races. He's been doing them forever. I, I think he should do better. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think so. You know, Spencer Hector. He never he, really featured. Yeah, and then he, I saw him make a post, something about uh, we didn't have the right tires or something like that. You know, it's always tires with these guys. But I just feel... Uh, I want to see the I want to see the Cole Ogden that I saw at RCGP chasing on David Ronnefeld. Is that Cole Ogden is fast? Not saying he's not fast now, but I think um, that dude who showed up at RCGP should have been top three in this race, top five, in my opinion. Lee yeah. Setzer now Lee Setzer is definitely coming up. Is starting to race a lot more nitro and eight scale. He's a tenth scale only guy um, out of Florida. He finished 11th, but making the main at this race is, uh, I, I would, yeah, I guess making the main. A lot of, you know, it's it's not DNC, but it's good enough. Uh, Cole Tollard, 12th. Jackson Brunson, I was thinking he would do better, but he, he finished starting. Dakota Fenn, I think Fenn had a flame out. Yeah, he had a long lap, 101, lap 8. I don't know why fans fans flaming out. He's got OS power. Evanvale, good show. Because it's not the equipment. <laughs> How about that? I think someone said that before yeah. at some point. Yeah, I think so. Evanvale. What's that saying? It's not the. <laughs> Is it? It's not the sword. It's the samurai. No, or there's some kind of saying like that. I always found funny. I can't remember. I can't remember either. Evanvale. Um. Yeah, Evan's kind of busy with life right now. He's still racing, but not as serious as he want to. And the goat man, Ryan Cavallari in sixteenth man. Well, his first lap, he had, he flamed out, so he had a one o two. And then he had a he had many multiple flame outs. It looks like so. I don't know what's going on with Cavallari, man. He his. You know what I think what's going on with Cav? I'll be honest with you. At AE, he had that support, that support system, man. And um, it's just not there with S-Works. Not in America. Maybe if he's in Europe, it'd be a little bit better. But in America, he just doesn't have it. Well, he's running a car that no one basically runs and tires that no one basically runs. Mm-hmm. But then again, he can run. When I say no one, I mean no one of his level. Right. Sort of. But he can run. The car and tires. No one's running them. But I'm pretty sure he can run whatever tires he wants. Like if he doesn't have them. At some point. Yeah, but I think. I think it comes down to the car, man. I think he just doesn't have that support. When you had AA, you had Richard Saxon, you had Brent Thelke, you had all these guys. And all this. This is another thing people don't understand. Why Techno was good at this race. Techno had three guys, three different racers running three different tire comp- tire companies. 
Joe, Jared on AKA, Joe on Proline, and Seth on J Concepts. Then they had multiple, all these dudes running, um, you know, intermediate and sportsmen. And so much feedback because Techno Pit and that air condition, they have that private air conditioner room. They're all pitted in there. It's so much information being passed, so much information from the different comp- tire companies being passed through to these guys, right? That it's just, that helps. I don't care what anybody says, that fucking helps, and that's why they yeah. had a great I show. Think, I think there's two things. Yes, that does help. It does help when it's you kind of know what tire to run and you know what setup to run and what changes to do. That's one thing, yes, and maybe when you're alone and Cavalieri isn't like a setup wizard or anything, you know? So... Yes, that's one thing. But I think another thing also is in eight scale off-road, confidence actually is a big thing. And this track was massive, bumpy, difficult. You had to be confident to go fast on this track. So all those small things when you're like second guessing and questioning and not sure that affects your confidence on track also. And when you aren't then super confident, hundred percent, like, killer instinct going for it then mistakes happen and you hit bumps wrong and you you know it it's just such a fine line between going fast hitting your marks doing everything right and then just being a bit off and then spinning out and crashing and casing jumps and just being off you know it's a fine line and it's not a less talented driver like me for example i can notice this so easily i can go to a track i can go on the driver's stand and drive and i'm like fucking all over the place i'm like fuck what the hell i come come off fill up go back up like focus again and then i'm nailing everything like it's such a small difference a small adjustment in your mind and your focus and your driving can make a massive difference on the track and i think that's also a part of it sort of a lack of confidence because of those things that you mentioned. Yeah. I and and yeah, I think that and just not having I just think I think he just needs to that plus just needs to So so but wait, to let me conclude like why did I say that? I'm saying it because I don't think that the tires aren't good enough. I don't <clears throat> the raw speed tires. I don't think that the S-Works car isn't good enough. I think they are good enough. I just think that A maybe he isn't getting the most out of them because he's alone two qualifiers in the main, like you can't really test too much there. And B maybe because he isn't getting the most out of them, he isn't in the most confident mindset going into the racing. And that makes a difference on this level. So it's those things combined, I think. For sure, man. Um, By the way, happy, happy belated birthday, Kev. It was your birthday. You went into this. Um, if he listens, which I highly doubt he does, but yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that he, he doesn't, I want him to do better, man. I want him to do better. And I don't know what it's going to take to do that. Confidence. I can't give him confidence. That's something. What are you doing? Stop moving, making noise. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of falling off a little bit. Uh, I, I mentioned this to you. Mayfield isn't blowing people away like he did previously. Are we Mayfield seeing... was like two seconds away from the win, basically. Yes, but 
he isn't getting out from okay well it's only been two races this year so he isn't getting out like he isn't Mayfield dominating at any like not saying he's getting slow but do you think maybe we're seeing a change in the paint to white because he can't you know he needs it to see better at night obviously he need he, he's running at more now are you saying he needs glasses I think he might need glasses yes um I don't know maybe he's been checked already or maybe he wears glasses I don't know um are we seeing maybe something off in this program or no. are we just seeing people getting better no I don't think so where did he finish at DNC third third yeah so a couple of bubbles wrong and that was it okay yeah so we still consider I, I would know. yeah I would still like I have made I mean, until he team. crashed on that last corner Basically, it was two seconds off the win. I guess what yes, I'm... Debo had a long crash there, but I'm sure Mayfield crashed too. I guess what it is, is I'm just so used to him just dominating, you know? And maybe that's why I feel that way. But, yeah, maybe just, yeah. Hey, it's hard racing, dude. First first time back racing, really. Tebow has yeah, been racing a lot. Of- he didn't really have the pace either that these other guys had in the main. He was kind of off the pace a bit, but good enough to get, you know, third this time. Yeah. But if Bornhaus didn't flame out, he would have been fourth probably. So, yeah, yeah, he was a bit off the pace at this race, but I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't really. Right. I'm not writing him off. I'm not writing him off. I'm just, just saying, uh, just not dominating like he, like he was. I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm probably going to come out swinging the next race. But I think, well, well, let's talk about Tebow and this resurgence that he has. You know, second at DNC, first here. I can't remember what he did at SI. Yeah, this demonic event. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tebow has found his second win, man. I would. Top He's doing better than he did with his Kyosha the last years. Yeah. Yes. With this yes. <laughs> new techno. So. Most definitely. Definitely a resurgence for for him. Uh, it's good to see. And he's showing that. I think, he, well, I would also say this. Cav uh, and, and Mayfield are both new fathers. Trust me, we, both, we all have children around the same age. My daughter is stressing me the fuck out like you don't you just don't get it you don't understand if i was home recording this i would never get this done it'd be so much noise going on it'd be crazy tebow has had more practice at being a family man he had children early he's he's had he got three children maybe that's now like he's going through that phase that maybe mayfield and cava going through right now having kids you know yeah i'm sure sure the focus it changes a bit at least momentarily now, yeah. the first year or two. But so. I, I don't, I, I definitely don't think uh, like Mayfield's still top three, one of the top three drivers in the world for me. Cav, man, I want him to get back on pace. Uh, I really do. I, I don't know how that's going to happen though. It, only he can do that. Uh, pro e buggy, Dakota fan wins, like you say. Well, he fins wins. Dakota fan, Rivkin, Tyler Jones. Seth Van Dalen, another great top five for Seth Van Dalen. Mason Fuller, young, young kid. Cole Ogden, sixth. So he, he could do it in e-buggy. Joe Bornhorst, seventh. Jared Tebow, eighth. Dylan Cardwell, out of Texas, ninth. Adam Drake, tenth. Phi Long. I think this is a good thing. Little Phi Long, nine years old. 
makes the A main in pro body, finishes 11th. Cavallari 12th, but he didn't finish the race. Evan Vale, Jackson Brunson. Mayfield broke first lap. Uh, no, sorry, broke eight minutes, 57 seconds in. Jared Wiggins. Ah, Fend, we always know Fend is probably going to win E-Buggy because it's a short race. What was top three? Fend, Rivkin, Jones. Okay. So Jones had a respectful the game. E-Buggy, guys, except Jones. But. Mason Fuller making E-Buggy was good too. Pro Truggy, Dakota Fenn. Now, this is when I almost almost went on Facebook and said, Fenn's going to win everything. But I just hesitated. He did win E-Buggy. He did win Truggy. But he didn't win Nitro Buggy. So I hesitated. But we have Fenn, Bornhorse, Rivkin. Bornhorse, no surprise there. He is a Truggy specialist. Rivkin. Rivkin had a quiet but solid PMB. Fourth in international... In, in, Fourth in, in Nitro Buggy, second in, in E-Buggy, and third in in A in, in, in Truggy. That's a solid, solid, solid PMB. Uh, Jared Tebow, fourth. Mayfield, fifth. Cole Tollard, sixth. Drake, seventh. I think Drake had to bump up to this race, too. Spencer Heckert, another quiet performance, eighth. Mason Fuller, ninth. Congratulations, Mason. Another young racer making that race. Uh, your good buddy, Anthony Westergaard. I think you and Anthony should race Truggies from now on. I think you and Anthony should just do your competition in Truggy. Because then I think you actually have a chance against him. No. Yes. How about that? Tyler Hooks, 11th. Ryan Cav, done it 12th again. Jackson Brunson, Seth Van Dalen, he didn't finish his race. Jared Riggins made all three mains too. So solid performances from everybody. I would say, um, obviously, Seth Van Dalen probably. Tebow, Tebow won in Nitro Buggy, so he wins. You know, that's the cream of the cream of the creme of the creme there. But solid performance in Truggy for Dakota. Uh, but Rivkin, man, Rivkin was silently there. The whole entire weekend. Rifkin has definitely stepped up his eight-scale his eight-scale program. He's been putting a lot of work in, and uh, it's it's paying off. Wouldn't you say? I would say. All right. I know you that none of that interests you, but just just had to bring that up. Okay, forty plus. Now I I'm waiting I'm waiting for the forty plus guys to start. Complaining about this, but Adam Drake uh, pretty much won it by 40 seconds over Paul Siccarello. Um Gary Stute, Gene Hickerson, another person that went to this demonic, demonic race. Bryce Beaver. Um, <laughs> you know, I meant to say that a lot, a good bit of the California, uh, uh, this tra- this race attracted people from all over America. And it was good to see a lot of the SoCal and California guys go to this race, like Jose Alvarado, Ryan Reese, Cody Thompson. These guys are all regular SoCal racers. I've never thought I'd see come to the East Coast. They came over. Um, uh, Bryce Beaver, he's from up NorCal. He came and raced. So it's good to see these guys coming over and race on the East Coast. I wish we could get this East Coast, West Coast beef going again. But Adam Drake, no surprise there, wins wins 40-plus. I know that the 40-plus guys were kind of pissed off about him racing at DNC. 
But it looks like Adam Drake is going to race 40 plus at all these big races now. Of course, it's more track time. It helps a lot. Yes, 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 as well. All right, special mention. As we talked about uh, intermediate, intermediate is the, was the biggest class. So I have to mention this young man because he, he actually he actually won. And I have to, oh, sorry, before I go in any further, uh, ju- congratulations to Joey Bardon. He actually won the bet from the RC Youth Conference. He was the best finisher out of the pro guys because Joey Bardon, Cody actually finished last. All of them made the B main. All of those guys are racing each other in the B main. Uh, Cody pulled a shock in, and he was fast, but he pulled a shock in. So Cody finished last. I think Cody has to pay for the, the go kart rental or whatever they did. But um, Joey Bordon, he actually won the bet. I have to send him a hat. I haven't forgot about you. Congratulations. Thanks to those guys for coming on. Um, yeah, he did well. He did well. Another techno driver. That just shows that the techno cars was, were good at this track and just, just great altogether. But this young, this young man, Spencer Klein, I think he's like 11 years old. I believe this was his first ever big race. First ever big national race. He races out of Oklahoma, races a lot in Texas, races regionally. He's probably been to some, probably been, I'm not sure. I've, I've, talked, I've talked to him a lot. Great kid, loves the podcast, has a badass um, setup in his bedroom for all his cars and all that stuff, really good. His dad, this nice guy, they, they kind of, I think this, he has like a little online hobby shop, Spencer, and he sells stuff. And basically, I think he's paying for his own way to, to do these type of things. So his, his parents wanted to pay his way. I, obviously, they probably help him, but he's paying for his way. He's, he loves RC. I have to shout out to this young man because he won the Ironman competition. He ran actually five classes. He might have ran more, but he, he ran five classes. He made the A mains in all of his classes, besides E buggy, where his dad was telling me that his ESC was having ESC issues. But he won open he TQ'd open nitro truggy, won it. He started fourth in open nitro buggy and won it at one o'clock in the morning. He TQ'd fi- under 15 E buggy, finished fourth, and he finished third in 15 under nitro buggy. This, this young man did really well for his first race out there, and I want to congratulate him. And for me, he, 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 he's a super nice young man, and the future looks bright with young guys like this coming up. Hopefully he sticks it out in RC and, and makes something of himself here. But congratulations to Spencer Klein. Good job. Um, great stuff. But, man, I really felt bad for these, these intermediate guys. They started their race at, like, like almost one o'clock in the morning Sunday. Didn't race all day. Well, like, well, some of them did, but like Ashton, shout out to Ashton Abdul. He went first time going to PMB. He, uh, he missed his e-buggy main and in the morning because he had e-buggy, he had issues with his ESE and motor all weekend. So he fin- qualified dead last. He probably would have, he needed that track time. He needed that track time to bump up. But, um, he didn't go on the track all day, and he ran in, and six minutes into his race, he broke a shock, shock eyelid, and he stayed out there the whole time, ended up finishing ninth. But, man, just shout out to these guys. They were the last race. I couldn't imagine racing at 1 o'clock in the morning. I would be in there all day. But, yeah, just shout out. Great. I think it was a great comeback. Great event, Joseph. 
um, first race, big race after COVID. It's, it was great to see like the obligatory, oh, I'm on my way to PNB posts and all that stuff. And it made me want to be there. But I'm also kind of glad I wasn't there because it was hot as a mother. Yeah, it was just so hot there. Um, obviously, I couldn't, but I would have liked to have been there anyway. And kudos to the race time entertainment guys for putting on this race because I know it wasn't easy. They had to start, they had to follow a lot of rules. They were very strict about that. The code, like social distance inside the building, from what I was told, inside the stadium, like six feet distance, you had to wear a mask. They had hand sanitizing units all over, the plexiglass on the rostrum. So they went the extra mile to make this happen. It happened. They gave us some entertainment for this weekend. I just wish it would have been better coverage. I really wish Live RC could have been there. You know what? Let's talk about that for a minute. Why wasn't there better coverage? Um, I don't think there's a simple reason for that. Actually, it's because we all want to do our own thing. Everyone wants to do their own thing, and no one wants to do something that you know helps everybody. Everyone thinks having their own Facebook fucking videos and uh, just doing their own marketing that's gonna somehow keep the sport going or improve the sport and. I, I just don't buy that. It's not going to happen. We're too small. It's not going to work. In the past, we had great coverage. Neo Buggy, Red RC. They go to all these different races, Live RC too. So whatever the big race, you would always have coverage, like unbiased coverage in a sense. You'd have photo galleries. You could read about what happened and you could watch videos. We don't have that anymore as much. It's getting less and less. And the reason is that all the companies in RC, instead of supporting these media websites, instead of advertising on them, instead of sponsoring them to go to races, they now do their own thing. But when they do their own thing, they just focus on their drivers and do a bit of live video here and a bit, bit of uh, a blog post there. And they don't sort of report on the event. So now this is like we're doing this to ourselves. We will have more and more races where we can't. This was actually better than previous years, right? Because they actually had a someone filming the mail. No, they, they, they always have this. Uh, Dave does this. Was really? Like, the last years, I've, it's just no, been one stationary no, camera no, and you no, see no, like no. tiny they, cars going no, around the no, track. No, they, they always do this for the pro mains. They do it at all the races, all the, the race time races. Oh, okay. Only pro main. Right. But yeah. it's just, I, I think they did open too. I wasn't awake to watch open. Um, yeah. But they do, so, but yeah, it's just but one anyway, camera. That's, and that's it's, one issue. We, we won't have those. We won't have live RC yet as many races as possible. We won't have Neo Buggy, Red RC and all that stuff. We won't have all that good coverage from as many races as possible because they, those media companies can't afford to go to races. Everyone is now doing their own social media and that's, that's how, this is just how it is. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say, Joseph. I don't know what to say. Uh, anyway, dude, I don't really have much more to say about this race. It was great to happen. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to Tebow, Spencer, all these guys who done well at this race. Seth freaking Van Dalen. Um, 
It was just a great. Ra- I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. even though it wasn't the best coverage. I enjoyed it. It was exciting to me. We hadn't had it in a few months, and I enjoyed it. All right, dude. Um, we have the story time coming up here next, and then we have a JQ Racing rant. Yeah. NNRC listeners, are you currently having trouble trying to get the power down to the ground? Well, don't you worry. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic has you covered for all your RC tire traction needs. Whether you race on carpet, concrete, dirt, loose, dry, slick, or high grip surfaces, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic cures for traction. Benefits of using Papa Willie's Tonic Traction is going to be more traction, long-lasting, light tire wear, sweet scent, clean application, fast-acting, fresh fill, Papa's Willie Traction Tonic is also safe on foam inserts and does not deteriorate tire glue. Find and follow Papa Willie's Traction Tonic on Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit them at www.papawillies.net. Use the promo code NNRC at checkout for 10% off. Prepare for victory with the one and only Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Welcome to episode 82. This is the RC Gypsy Tales. We have a special guest joining us this week. It is uh, a legend. They call him the legend. They call him Showtime. I've heard so many awesome stories about this dude. I'm happy to finally get him on her. He's going to help me give some shit to Joseph. Welcome, Mr. Adam Lewis. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, legend, dunno. I mean, yeah, we, we attracted some attention over the last few years, but, you know, not so much recently. So, but yeah. Had some good times. I'm sure. Hope everyone's okay. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Beaker is joining us, as usual, for the RC Gypsy Tales. Say, uh, Beaker, what's going on? Are you happy to talk to Adam again? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's you sound as Always ex- happy. As excited <laughs> as a constipated sloth. Um, that is his excited voice. Yeah. It's the re- same as his uh, disappointed voice or his exuberant voice or his unhappy voice it <laughs> comes in one tone robotic he's <laughs> quite robotic oh this is gonna be funny i can tell already uh before we go on any further i want to talk about our sponsor that brings us the rc gypsies tales it's www.robsoil.com robsoil.com has got everything you need for your amsoil needs for your vehicles you can just simply go to the, the website order them and have them shipped to your house we have to do that, Joseph, coming up, because I don't want you hear you complaining about the janky JQ van breaking down. So go to www.robsoil.com and order all your Amsoil products and get it sent to the Ghani's house, Joseph. And you know why you should use Amsoil, Joseph? I've got no idea, but yeah, I think course. you'll tell me. Yes, of course I will. Because Amsoil makes top-quality synthetic lubricants for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, four-wheeler, snowmobile, lawnmower, Fifth scale cars, RC boats that run on gas engines, Amsoil has it covered. Amsoil lubricants are designed to help your equipment run at peak efficiency and last longer. Join the millions of proud Amsoil users to experience the difference. And why should you support Rob's Oil? Well, Rob and his son are avid RC racers. They love the podcast and they have bought you the RC Gypsy Tales. It's a funny part of the podcast. We got we're going to have some epic stories coming up, but I think this is going to be a very funny story coming up with Mr. Adam Lewis. So thank you, Rob's Oil, for sponsoring this. 
So, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Because Joseph was pissing and moaning about getting a sponsor for this story for this story segment, right, Adam? But when I tell a story, yeah. he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Actually, when we mentioned the robotic voice thing, there was a bit of an incident uh, in Oslo, Joseph. Do you remember we walked past those dudes by this train station? And we yeah. were talking? Yeah. Are we allowed to use the word that you used on this podcast? Yes, I think so. Yeah, begins with an F, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we, we, so we're at the Nordics in Oslo, 2008, and there are these dodgy, you know, crusty sort of drugs dudes hanging by the station, probably waiting to rob people, and we were just chatting amongst ourselves, and Joseph said in his mildly robotic voice, <laughs> you fucking idiot, to one of the guys we were with. And this, like, lunatic said, what did you fucking say to me? And rather than say, like anyone normal, sorry, mate, wasn't talking to you, Joseph turns around and says to him, I said, you fucking idiot. Well, obviously, these blokes have gone fucking mental, and I think we had to run away, and they ripped a bin out of the ground and threw it at us. So, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, someone asks you a question, you may not need to answer it quite so robotically. That was a... I mean, unless he obviously hasn't learned, because every question you ever ask him gets a robotic answer ever since, so... Yeah. But it's the truth. It was, it's exactly, the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph, I've got yeah. questions about the car. I want to talk about anti-squat. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. You know, what do you reckon? A wait that's a little bit too long. Yes. <laughs> and then that's it. It goes offline. And you're like, fuck's sake, man. What's that all about? Oh, my God. You Thank you for coming on the podcast because you know my pain when I deal with this dude. Yeah. It, it's worse when you text him. Oh, yeah, I've given up on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what's so funny about this, right, is that so many people on the team would message Joseph because, you know, on his Facebook lives, he doesn't shut the fuck up. And, you know, on Facebook, when he's arguing, well, he doesn't, he's on Facebook no more, thank God. But when he's arguing politics, he'll argue for eight weeks, right? Yeah. But when you ask him a question and you're expecting a, a very, like, detailed answer, no, that sucks. Or is that? A multiple part question, mm-hmm. and you just get yes. You like which bit? Which bit? Yes. I've asked you like fucking seven questions. Oh which bit? God. Yes. Oh god. Yeah. So, let's... but no. It's other than that, you know, mild robotic communication issues. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> let's start off when you guys actually met, because I mean, you're from the UK. Joseph's from Finland. Yeah. How did you meet this yeah, crazy Finnish idiot? That we met at a race in Norway, one of the Afro GPs. They were like a little series of races around Europe that, you know, countries that want to host them. They're actually pretty good. Probably, you know, it's like a sort of, well, it's like a, a European championship. It's an international thing, you know, probably much like RC's done, but bigger and better. You know, it's, uh, they're, they're good meetings. They're like, yeah, we enjoyed it. Well, anyway, Joseph was pitting with us. And, uh, you know, we just got chatting to him. And I guess no one else, you know, wanted the three robotic words a day. You know, we, we put up with it. And uh, we, you know, went to a restaurant and got talking. And he sort of mentioned he was sort of building his own car. Uh, had quite a sensible chat. I mean, although my driving's a bit average, you know, I'm from an engineering background. And I do understand the cars reasonably well. And I can, you know, bolt them together well. I know what needs to go where and, you know, how things work sort of thing. Jess, good driver, quite technical, good with his setup. 
I would have reasonably, reasonably competent technically, but he did have a funny conversation about a uh, suspension arm, what shape it was going to be. And we're like, it doesn't fucking matter what shape it is. It's one end to the other. You know, you can have a zigzag if you want. It's just, you know, the relations, the, the length, you know, for a top arm, for instance. So, but, you know, he's, he's, he was good with his testing, very methodical and consistent. And, you know, he certainly helped in the early days. Oh, bulletproof. Yeah. Bulletproof, yes. So, yeah, we basically met in uh, Norway. Uh, no car then. Chatted a lot over the winter. Uh, went up again, funnily enough, in Norway again in the in the spring for the Nordic Championships in Oslo with the uh, robotic bin throwing incident. And oh no, week before that actually we met again. It was in Crete at the Euros warm up, which was good. And that's obviously when we try. Well, we Joseph tried the uh, Hong Nor with the zero kingpin front end of a lossy on it. And all we had then was stickers, of course. Didn't have t-shirts till the Nordics. So yeah, everyone, everyone's, everyone's car went out. Neil Craig, you know, people like that. They all went out and they had a nice little JQ sticker on there. Mark Davidis, who came over with AKA when they were just starting to do their tires, you know, he had a JQ sticker on his car. So you know, the takeover started quite a long time before people were really aware of it. What, was that your idea, Adam? Was it your idea to put stickers on everything? Uh, well, you know, if you're going to be a bit of a, a liberty taker, you know, you just go around and pop the stickers on there so i mean i'm surprised i even managed to you know get up in the mornings because you know i was out drinking till like 4 a.m every night and i was one of the first ones up in the morning but that isn't something i actually can do anymore so alcohol uh, took its toll on me and it's not my friend anymore so yeah but yeah i used to have a, the odd drink at racing all day every day yeah Hey, so he also got a, a nickname in, uh, he was telling me, in Crete. Oh. Let's talk oh, about that. Oh, yeah, Crete. Crete was a bit of a disaster because when we went to go home, we couldn't get a taxi because there's a fuel strike. Then we got to the airport and the airport had cancelled our flight and we had a connecting flight going from Athens. And the only flight going out that day was already on last call. So we had to get on there and they just sort of shoved us in the back of this funny little plane and I don't know why, but Jess, uh, Chris and Joseph Bollock knows for whatever reason. There's a photograph of him in the plane, actually, where his nose looking particularly Bollock-like. But, uh, yeah, and it's like an unfortunate nickname that it sort of stuck with us. It didn't, you know, take on universally, which I'm sure Joseph's fairly uh, happy about. But, obviously, there's a guy I used to race with regularly, Rob Razor, you know, or Flanders or Hollywood, however, whichever persona he is. And, uh, you know, once he gets hold of something like that, you know, it's bollock knows this, bollock knows that, you know, here a bollock knows, there a bollock knows, everywhere a bollock knows, you know, it's uh, fairly profound. Yeah, that's awesome. I have multiple nicknames for Joseph too, Beaker, Rupert, Juggernaut, Uncircumcised Heathen, um, many names for him, and he just calls well, me. Well, if you've only got a little one, you don't need to be chopping the end off it, do you? <laughs> you know, he Joseph, looks for cold, it needs Joseph. his little hood to keep himself warm. Joseph, you're going all quiet over there, baby carrot. Yes. I'm baby just carrot. listening. Are you listening? Are you embarrassed yet? No. No, no you don't get embarrassed. Bad. That's a good thing. Joseph, um... Robots don't have emotions. <laughs> so tell us... Oh, <laughs> interview at Neo. Joseph's been interviewed. RC Racing TV. The guy asked him loads of questions about, you know, he was in the USA last week, he's in the UK this week different temperature, different track, different people. You know, what, what's your thoughts? 
and he said, I had my first shit in the UK this morning in his robot voice. I mean, fuck. <laughs> That's a particularly good one, wasn't it? You didn't say that, Jason. I remember that. Yes, I did. I want to that video somewhere. Yeah, I think they put the whole interviews on YouTube, didn't they? And it'd be there. I had a good shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is epic. Now I know where um, Isherwood gets his robotic imitation of Joseph from. It's you. Yeah. he always well, does it. Yeah. Because normally, Ishwood, you know, he talks, you know, quite posh, doesn't he? You know, he's fairly well-spoken. I mean, there is a confusion that's sometimes made. <laughs> he potentially won't want it mentioning. I know, Keenan, you had your, your suspicion about Ishwood when you first met him. Yeah. You didn't think he was posh. You thought he may be something, you know, slightly more, you know, well, I don't know, man. posh, but... Yeah. It's all However, about washing Ishwood, your clothes in the shower when you're on safari with him. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd go in the shower with me clothes, but then <laughs> if I had a tiny penis, maybe I would want to cover myself up as well, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Joseph, so you guys kind of spent the next couple years, well, that following year, kind of traveling around Europe or going to certain races. Um, Adam, he showed up to Jess's house with a box full yeah. of parts. Talking about we have to yeah. build a car. Well, we had. Oh, it wasn't. I mean, this was the test cars. There was the one complete car, which was the the one for all the magazine photos and everything. And then there were the test cars, which were a bit of a mishmash. You know, sometimes some of the shock towers weren't anodized, or they were slightly different. You know, holes drilled in there. You know, there were there were a few differences, but it was you know ultimately you know pretty much pretty close to you know, the first edition of the car when it came out. And I think I was the first person to use one in competition, you know, with a live transponder in the UK. I mean, there is a benefit to being put out in the lower heats, of course. So, uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I beat the crap out of it, but it's, you know, it, it took some punishment and it didn't break. And I'm pretty, I think I bumped as well. So, you know, the car seemed pretty good. I really liked the first editions of the car with the uh, Zero Kingpin front. And it was a bit lively, but... You didn't have to push it. You just had to sort of drive it, and it was just fast. You know, if you just concentrate on getting it round, the car was actually fast. You know, I always find if I try pushing, that's when I start crashing. And, uh, yeah. But the other thing, obviously, the newer cars are, you know, safer in the corners, and they are a lot better for, you know, for pretty much everybody to drive easier. But, you know... When we were showed people the car, you know, sensible race in the UK, top boys, they had a look at things, you know, the way the front shock tower slipped in around the shape of the top of the gearbox, you know, which would strengthen it, you know, from being banged upwards from a, you know, you could tell it was like he had some thought and sensible design touches in there. Although people didn't like to admit it, they were quite surprised and impressed with a lot of the car. I mean, the engine as well, you know, it was the best OS you could get at the time. Other people bought them. Bullet tried some. They had the wrong carburetors in theirs. You know, it's it was, you know, the best version of the OS available then. And some people say it's probably the best one still now. You know, it's uh, it was good. People are always asking for the engine, Joseph, but I know you're not going to make another one. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, good stuff. So you guys attended a lot of New Year's together. What was um, Euros as well? Uh, what was, can you, can you tell us, like, I just want something hilarious from one of the Euros that you and Joseph done 
You in bullet? I need now. I need to meet bulletproof uh, jest. Well, bulletproof sort of disappeared fairly early on. You know, he did the. He was around for the car's debut in 2010. And I think by 2011, he had probably stopped racing. He is going back to the racing now with his with his sons, or one of them in particular is going quite well. But I think he's unassociated. Why he didn't come back to Joseph, I don't know. You know, perhaps you know he thought he got the answer phone when he spoke to Joseph when he phoned him up or something. <laughs> you know, it could have been something as simple as that. But yeah. He's very much a go-for-the-deal sort of person. I suppose right. they had a whole range through the, the distributor they go through. Maybe he had tyres, fuel, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff as well. I don't know. But, you know, why would you want to run for anyone else? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, tell us about the time that he wouldn't let him stay at his house or something like that. Yeah, which is a bit strange. You know, uh, I didn't have any room in mine at the time, so I had people at home because Joseph has stayed at mine a few times. Uh, but yeah, he made him stay in a hotel down the road. When but he had uh, Ray P. Kim stay in his house, which is weird. So he, I said, why don't you, what's, what's a, I said, Wait, what, what, what are you doing with Joseph? Why are you stuck him down the road in a hotel? He goes, I ain't having him in that fucking house with that big bollock nose scaring my kids. But you'll have a rapist in there anyway. I mean, we don't know if Ray P. Kim really was Ray P. It was a nickname. He had mad staring eyes. He drove a lorry. You know, he was out on the road. It's probably easy to dispose of bodies, that sort of thing. We don't know. But then, of course, you know, back in the early days, obviously, we did speak about this earlier when we had a bad connection. You know, the, the first batch of plastics, you know, weren't brilliant. You could boil them, make them a bit more flexible. They worked fine, but, you know, people were breaking arms. You know, there's, we had a few arms break. There's a couple of air bubbles in there. You know, the plastic's been absolutely fantastic since the second, you know, revision. But the early ones were breaking. Kim's at a race with Joseph, falls on the pit lane, breaks his arm. Everybody was loving it, weren't they? <laughs> Not only do the cars break the arms, the fucking people do as well. You couldn't make it up, could you? You yeah, broke Rapey Kim's it, arm, yeah. Joseph? It was, everyone had a feel. Well, he broke it himself. How did he break? Did he slip yeah. and fall and just like, well, what happened? Clips a pipe. No, I mean, how did <laughs> yeah, Rapey? He, <laughs> he fell on the pit lane, I think. He slipped on the uh, downslope of the race pit lane running to get the car. I mean, the engine must not have been tuned right because it must have stopped, I'm guessing. Oh, my God. No, it was, it was the semi-practice, so I just... Oh, oh yeah, just get some fuel. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it was an unfortunate incident. I mean, I haven't seen Kim or heard from him for a while. I don't know. He probably only gets one phone call a week, maybe, and, you know, I don't know who would use that for. I mean, I hope he's not. Hey, did you ever get over to America with Joseph, you know, Adam? I've been raped by him, but I might have been a bit big. No. But no, when we, uh, I spent a lot of money in 2008, and then we had like a bit of a recession thing in the UK, and we ended up losing our jobs a couple of years later. And I burned through a lot of money when the travelling I did. I mean, I, don't, I know we did a couple of meetings in 2008 that Joseph didn't go to. We did the Robitronic one in Frankfurt. We were going to do a later one in Spain. I did a 10th t- electric race in Belgium as well. So we we sort of did quite I did quite a lot of racing abroad in that year and I basically did all my money and that was it. So oh man, I think it would have been so. Yeah. I would love to get you, Joseph. Can you imagine Adam Degani and Smoker, the stories that would come out if we got all three of them together? Then throw me in there with my crazy Dominican stories. Yeah, yes. my phone's doing well. I'm still on twenty five percent, so this is much better. Yeah. 
I was I was worried earlier that I wasn't going to make it. it. Was we spent an hour and a half on video oh, waiting for someone to log in? Yeah, normal stuff. I normal mean, stuff, Adam. I know what happens. The, the touchpad on this phone didn't recognise metallic robotic fingers. <laughs> you know, it wants a fingerprint, and it just wasn't having it, was it? <laughs> oh my god! My name oh my is god. Joseph. I am an RC robot sent back through time. Like we, yes, we used to do things like the Shermanator, didn't we? Like the Shermanator speech but in the robotic Joseph voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I could imagine the type but of shit you guys if used to you get want, into. you want someone on, I mean, Joseph, you know we need on, don't you, as well? My old partner in crime. Rob. 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 Rob Rose, Hollywood. I mean, he is funny. You know, yeah. he's raced with him for years, and he stopped racing a while ago. I sort of backed off and stopped a little bit. He's just started again. Yeah, we're, we're going to be back out there again, you know, when the racing picks up later in the year. And it's, uh, he, you know, he, he, he's a funny guy. There's no two ways about it. He looks like Ned Flanders, but without the tash. And he's just funny. He does interviews, trackside interviews. Some of them are legendary because the stuff he comes out. In fact, there's a good interview he does of a, a main issue, isn't there? He's done a couple of them that are quite good. As if she's saying that's how he rolls in the pool starts. There's another interview with me eating little pieces of fruit with a Hoodie Allen driver, stabbing him and putting him in my mouth. It's, uh, yeah, but he's a good guy. We need to get him on online. He would be funny. Yeah, I think all three of us, oh, well, you three. Well, Joseph still isn't saying. So, Joseph, um, tell us something funny you remember. Like, I want to, I just want one more story between you two because, man, you just started. Just stop being so quiet. Stop being embarrassing. Actually, Norway was funny as well, Leon Elslow, because before we went, Joseph was really happy that they'd got this little house to stay in on Wolf Island, Ulvoya or something, and we had to stay in the hotel that was really expensive and really shit. And the funny thing is, when we well, you our hire car was shit as well. It was like a Hyundai or something really crap. And you guys had an Audi, didn't you, Joseph? You had quite a cool car. But you were mm-hmm. staying in this basement on the like the mattresses were like bits of sponge, like a really bad caravan. It was like Joseph Fritzl's basement. They were locked in. It must have been cheap. windows. <laughs> it was. We were jealous because we saw the, like the, the the online book and we were like, oh man, we should have stayed there. And in reality, it was pretty rubbish, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds like when we when we was driving Fritzl's across America basement. looking for hotels, we would um. We would look on the we would look on Expedia or Hotels.com. He was I was driving. He was navigating of sorts. So it'd be like, all yeah. right, two and a half stars. Anything below two and a half stars, we'll look at the uh, the uh, comments and the uh, oh man, it'd be like, okay, this hotel was bad, such and such, or this hotel was good. Oh, it's got one good comment. It's got two good comments. Let's get it. And then yeah. oh, it's still got the outline of the body on the floor and the red on the rug. <laughs> Oh Actually, my gosh. what I will say for Joseph, which was really good, when we were in Crete, I mean, most of the other English guys, they all just stayed in the hotel. They were drinking Heineken. They were eating pizza and chips. We sat out on the terrace with the Greek guys. They ordered loads of dishes. We had, you know, we experienced, all, you know, the, the local food. Uh, we went away with them another night to a restaurant on the other side of the island that was, you know, natives only. And we had one of the most fantastic meals I've ever had. It was brilliant price as well. And what Joseph's really good for is the way he's worked his business. Is he's genius, really, because have friends in different countries, go there. But when you're there, don't just do what you always do. 
eat their food, drink their local beer, integrate a little bit, you know, and you, you get a much better travelling experience if you do it, you know, the RC Gypsy way than if you just do it the, you know, team out, you know, go out as a team or stick together, just do what you do. And, you know, it's he immerses himself in the, in the uh, cultures he goes to. You've probably experienced this yourself. And it, it, it just makes it a much more rewarding, you know, visit to wherever you go. It's good. Hang with the locals, you know, drink what the locals drink. Obviously, I wouldn't do that anymore because I'm a water and coffee only person now. And, you know, eat the local food. And it is just, it is the way to do it. Very good. I agree. Would you agree? Would you agree, Joseph, with that? <laughs> yep, completely agree. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, he yes. even ate balut in... Um in Philippines. But check this, right? We went to Argentina, right? Adam and Argentina has the best beef, supposed to have the best beef in the world. And uh, you know, Mr. Fancy Pants right here when it fucking oh, spaghetti. Yeah, Picanha. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's like the beef is they give him like we was guests and they gave us like this special <laughs> cut of yeah, Picanha. Yeah, of the beef, right? And he didn't want to eat it. Meat. It's not. He's like, it's all fatty and stuff. Like, I'm like, this is like you. Can, like, he just doesn't appreciate shit. But if it was whale blubber or reindeer balls, he'd be <laughs> yeah, all in that fucking shit. herring or some shit. <laughs> yeah. We don't eat that shit. Stop, stop your noise. Fish, he, fish balls or yeah. something. What's that? Fisker Krogan. Something. Oh, when we were in Norway, one of the local guys. Uh, there's a little kiosk where we could get like a hot dog or like a waffle or something there, which was nice. And you remember Kim Juliusson? Remember him, Joseph? Yeah. Big guy. Not Rapey Kim, the other one. And he said, uh, oh, have this. And he went to the kiosk and got this thing. It was a sweet waffle with a fucking sausage in it. And he had, like, fucking jam on it and, like, some kind of mustard. And he goes, oh, this is like a delicacy where I come from. I was like, fuck, man, that is unusual. How yeah. did it taste? Well, like eating sweet stuff with savoury stuff. Yeah. Like, I suppose people have a, like a donut with a burger in it, you know? Yeah. Tasted like a heart attack <laughs> in a bun. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it was, it was, oh, no, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not small. I like my food and I had it and I was probably drunk as well back then. So actually Norway was good for me because I couldn't afford to be drunk all the time. So yeah, exp yeah. expensive, I mean. Yeah. So Adam, were you at the Neo or were you still drinking at the Neo where me and Elias got thrown out of the local bar? Oh, is that when you... <laughs> yeah, I was. I was at the college drinking with the guys who ran the meeting. Uh, but I oh, remember okay. you. the guy was sort of pulling you out and you kept shouting out, he's touching my penis, he's touching my penis. <laughs> I can remember that's what you were shouting in there. What the yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was another thing of like, you know, you said something, mate, it's like, what did you say to me? And you've done the old, you know, robotic reply, which obviously didn't go down well. And yeah, you got... Luckily... He didn't kick the fuck out of you. So, yeah, you did quite well, really. <laughs> yeah. well, he had your penis touched. So, yeah. <laughs> what happened there, Joseph? Now you tell the story. You got to, what happened there in that So, at, at Neo, there's, it's, is it Telford? There's the town Telford's the bigger Telford. town. And there's and a there's, little place fairly close. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Edgemond. So, it was that smaller place, not Telford. So, there's that yeah, smaller place. Is it Edgemond, I think? Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway. A smaller place close to where the race is, there's one bar, basically, that everyone went to from the, from the near race. So we were all in there, and then we were ordering some drinks, me and Ilias. I ordered the drinks. We got the drinks. And there was some sort of miscommunication or something. Like, 
she couldn't hear what I said. I couldn't hear what she said. Something, and there was a something about change or something. I can't, I can't yeah. remember exactly what happened. Oh, didn't you? But anyway, the, ah, the yeah, I just remembered thought, something else as well. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I think what happened was that the bouncer was kind of walking around and thought that there was an argument or something happening, but there actually wasn't. Like we just ordered and figuring out the change or and something, and and he didn't you just like throw a and he was like at him or something. What? Didn't you like throw a coin at him and say, here's a pound, buy a personality <laughs> well, no. or something like that, or buy a, so, a neck or something? Because he was, I mean, it maybe it looked like there was something going on to him, but there really wasn't. But he kind of made the situation, he escalated the situation by his presence and the way he entered the situation. So there was no problem, but he created a problem. So I picked up a penny from the, the, the bar <laughs> and handed him a penny and said, here's a penny, now go away, or something like that. Yeah, here's a penny, fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. And then he left. That's when he but he left to get he... his friend, and then they threw me and Ilias out. You know, when I went to England, though, I, I had no issues. I actually couldn't get into clubs. I was a lot smaller, but I was still, you know, really in really good shape, lifting a lot of weights. They wouldn't Round let me in. Shape. Yo, I'm wrong yeah. now. But I was in really good shape yeah. back then. And the bouncers just wouldn't let me in. And my buddy was like, yeah, they think you're going to start a whole bunch of trouble. And Well, they don't think you're going to start. They just don't want to have to deal with you <clears> if you do, basically. And so, yeah. The other thing I got was when I was in the UK was everybody would come up to me asking if I had drugs on me. I was like, what, do I look like a drug dealer or something? You know, it was so crazy. Well, yeah, like it must have just been talcum powder all around your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, must, my God. Must have just been a bit of talc, yeah. Hey, so you got to meet Elias too, right then? Uh, yeah, 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 I met him when we went out to Crete, and I met him a couple of times for Euros. He came over uh, in Reims, I think, and <clears throat> Neo races a few times, yeah. That's the one relationship I think Joseph should uh, try, and, and, and we talk about it a lot, Joseph. I think you should try and bury the hatchet and become friends with Elias again. You can't <laughs> bury the hatchet with an emotional Mediterranean. He yeah, he does hold a bit of a grudge. We fell out about something, me and Elias, a little bit about something. I think something he said about John Hazelwood, and I, I said I disagreed with him, and I, he didn't speak to me for like a year or something. So that was a little bit unusual. So obviously when he was, you know, working for Joseph, I had to sort of speak to him then. And then we just didn't speak about it again, and then we were fine. But, yeah, he does hold a grudge, but, you know, he's a nice guy. Awesome, awesome. Man, I have been in stitches since you came, You started talking, and Ishwa was right. He's like, you're going to absolutely nonstop laughter when you're with Adam. I hope to meet you one day. I hope to go to a race with you one day because I just yeah, be I'll in stitches. Oh, my gosh. Joseph, I need to, we need to go to a race in the U.K. Which and was the one we were really drunk. Was that in the 009 where we literally were just drunk the whole time, I think? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, eight, nine. yeah, eight, yeah, definitely nine. I don't know which one it was where I was drinking the Jack Daniels out of the bottle, and there were people talking about drink racing on starting grid, and someone posted my picture on there, and everyone was going fucking crazy. I'm saying, no, nah, that bloke just looks like he's having good fun. I'm sure he's fine. I said, maybe he was doing it to calm his nerves. They go, no, man, I've heard about him. He's like some kind of fucking lunatic, and I was like, oh, just having a laugh, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that probably wasn't a brilliant picture to have, you know, on Neo Buggy website. Me <laughs> banging the bottle of Jack Daniels, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, 
Uh, worst thing is it probably wasn't my first drink of the day anyway, but yeah, it was uh, not the best, but you know, it's what, this is how we rolled back when, you know, yeah. we do what we want, as we used to say, which was, probably, yep. which was what we used to say, wasn't it? Yeah. And when they say against the odds, it was against the odds of falling down drunk, you know, things like that. So <laughs> uh, as a non-drinker now, you know, I would obviously be a much, you know, more sensible ambassador, but, you know, I don't think... Uh, we did the brand any harm, really? What What about your ten scale stories? I remember there are two really good ten scale stories. You swapping oh. a car out of the air and then uh, radiating. Oh yeah, that's someone asked Darren Bloomfield what his best uh, uh, RC memory was, and he said it was an indoor race doing some tents. There was a massive jump, like a sort of tabletop jump, right in front of the driver's stand, but it had a bit of slippery floor coming up to it. So I've come round on the slippery bit pinned the throttle, I should have just given it a little squeeze but I pinned it, the car squirmed a bit on the up side of the ramp shot straight towards the uh, <laughs> drivers, uh, it's going right to the guy next to me's face, I put my hand out, patted the car down it's down ramp perfectly and I just carried on as if nothing had happened so that was reasonably good I mean my other 10th scale claim to fame, there's this uh, Greek guy called Manolis, he like makes his own cars from, you know, bits he's found I think and body shells from two litre coca-cola bottles and stuff like that i mean i actually got beaten by him in two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive on the same weekend at one of the petit rc international races i mean that was pretty special i mean luckily in both of those i broke about two minutes in and it did take him the, you know the rest of the five minutes to actually you know catch up again but only just but yeah i think of three minutes i broke or so he had two minutes to catch me again so i was going hard but yeah it was a 10 scale I'm not sure was for me I did it as a way I always went alright in the finals I used to build the cars well so they'd last I'd settle down in the final it'd take me all weekend to learn the track obviously alcohol doesn't help and you know I'll go alright in the final I'll bump a few times 10 scale I thought if I do 10th I'm going to have to drive better over 5 minutes it's going to make me qualify better no nope. all 10th scale meant was I spent lots more on parts because the cars just used to get smashed to fucking bits so it didn't do me any good at all <laughs> Although the, the Belgium race was absolutely brilliant every year. It's just so good. The Belgium GP at Campenhout. That should be on everyone's calendar, even if you just go to enjoy the party. It's good. But that is good. But, yeah, we, we have a good crowd out there. How long have you been just racing RC, Danish, Adam? 2002, maybe, something like that. Swapped my motocross bike for an old Chrono, which a bike which I wish I had kept because it was the last of the, you know, one of the two-stroke Hondas, which I uh, wish I'd had now because it'd be worth mega bucks. But, yeah, I, you know, I've done my knees in, done my back in, fancied a hobby that didn't hurt me. So, yeah, got an old Chrono with an RB, which actually was quite fast. Did the Kosho thing, did the Mugen thing, did the X-Ray thing. Uh, I think I was still driving X-Ray when we first met Joseph. So, yeah. And then, obviously, the JQ thing for the last little while. So, yeah. Sweet. I've tried a few vehicles over the time. Awesome. Wow, that I oh man. Joseph, you got any funny stories before we go before we sign off? We gotta have Adam back on her again. We need <coughs> any other stories and Isherwood. We need all of us. Yeah. Is Isherwood won't come on her, I don't think. He do, he will, but well, he'll be all serious. Yeah, all posh. Yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with anything you may, you know, suspect. <laughs> but which is uh, not actually true, 
I shouldn't say it because I actually really like Dave. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, he's the one I, who got you to be on the podcast. Yeah, well, you know, I I did give him the hump a few, a few years ago about you know because we were a bit relentless with our Mickey taking, and he did get. Oh, get you gotta have thick skin when you hang time. around you guys. I can tell that already. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I I regret that a little bit, but he's a hundred percent good guy. You know, it's I've always got time for him. Even though they're going to get like two messages a year, but I've always got time to read them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, he's, he's he's good. I'd like to see him see him again soon. He's a good guy. Joseph. And of course, what he's doing with RCGP is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, do you like that? You know, yeah, of course I do. I mean, I'm if anything, I'm a bit disappointed that I haven't been quite as involved in any of it at all for the last couple of three years. I had a couple of health issues, so I had to I sort of stopped a bit. But I'm you know getting back now to where. I'm a lot better, and I'll be able, to be able to be a bit more involved. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm quite, you know, not resentful, but I, you know, I'm a bit sad that I hadn't been more involved in both what Joseph's doing with his brand and with the RCGP when I potentially should have been. So yeah, apologies, guys, but you know, let's let's see what we can do. But you are coming back. You are going to race again, right? Yeah. When are you? When we? Yeah, when we expect you to? Uh, when can we start warning tracks about you uh, before you get there? Well, because... I haven't hit a marshal in the head for ages, <laughs> but then I haven't raced for ages. I did have this funny thing where I was, you know, hitting marshals in the head, you know, every race I went to. I haven't done that for a long, long time. We do oh, sure one that. of the worst things about 10th as well. Do you remember a car called a Predator? I mean, it was, yes. you know, this low and flat and fast. I had one. I was racing it indoors. I put a Mamba Max 7700 <laughs> in it. It was like, you know, if you light a firework rocket laying on the ground, it was like, it was so fast. And it went behind this marshal, uh, Tom Yardy, a quite a portly chap at the time. He was quite a tubby nephew. He's, he's got some mates big now. And I didn't know there's a car parked sideways across the track behind him, so I couldn't see it. So the car's gone behind this chair at full pelt, and then it's just like someone's just thrown a, like a dustbin full of bits out the other side. Someone's just thrown a pool of bag of spares out there. There's this big bang, and just like these bits just went flying everywhere. And I was like, oh, well, oh, that's the end of four-wheel drive then. And this is like the warm-up lap for the first heat. I was like, oh, I can do. <laughs> you know, so I went B44 after that. And, of course, every time you clipped anything with that, it was like a wishbone, sometimes a drive shaft, always a hinge pin, usually a shock tower, uh, sometimes a shock shaft. You know, it's... it's it got quite expensive. Although, you know, when I used to, Craggy used to look after me and Paul Bradby, and they were pretty good. They kept me going. I was at one of the petite races, actually. Uh, can't remember where it was. It wasn't at Maritime. It was somewhere up the country a little bit, an international one. I was Mark Reinhard was there. That's what he was putting next to us. And we were all going really well. And there's this sweeping corner, and I just couldn't get around this corner. You know, it was fast. You had to be pinned around there. And with a grip, it, it just wasn't working for me smashed off my inside front wheel, the right-hand front wheel. Oh, man, it was the fastest I'd been all weekend. I was dialed around there. I was literally <laughs> pinned flat out, and it was just going around this corner like it was on rails. And I was backflipping the tabletop every <coughs> lap, you know, flat out around the big corner, backflip the tabletop every lap on three wheels. And I was on three wheels, you know, from after my second lap of the race. Uh, caught something else just in front of Ellis Stafford, knocked off the other front wheel. And he's put my car and put it the right way round. I don't know what I was thinking, because I throttled it, and I've gone to turn. And I'm, like, and I'm shouting out, it's got no steering, it's got no steering. And I thought, 
well, actually, it hasn't got e- either front wheel on there, so <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. I've got to stay and thought that was quite funny. But yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> steering. I've lost steering. But, yeah, I'd lost whole front end. Oh, my God. There's a picture of the I'm in tears there, man. Like... I'm literally in tears. Oh, my God. Oh, I have yeah, to meet tense. you, dude. I have to meet you. I'm gonna, I swear I'm not going to stop laughing the entire time I'm here. Well, all I'm thinking is, you know, uh, three or four years off racing, I'm probably not going to have got any better, am I? That's the thing. So I've hit a few people in the head, too. It's not a good feeling. Uh, well, I don't know. It's, it's probably better to be behind the controller than in front of the car, uh, isn't I, it, really? I hit a girl and left a tire print in her forehead once. I, I didn't, was not and yeah. at my first big race, and everybody talked about it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I, getting yourself out there. That's getting yourself known. <laughs> she was you like, know? "I'm that's, sorry, I'm sorry." I'm like, I "Exactly." You know, you, and you said, well, "Get out of the way." You know, heads up. What are you doing? Just stop my car again. I was at a race somewhere, uh, and what happened? Oh, uh, I'd crashed over. The <laughs> no, actually, there's some marshal in the track. I didn't know he was there. There was like a, a quad section. You know, you had to hit it hard to do it. You know, and if there's a quad section there. It might have been a triple single. Doesn't matter. I'm going to go for all four tonight. That's what I do. So I've gone for all four, and the marshal's in the track. He's gone in his rib. It's like really hard. You heard him go, all the air come out of his body, and he's fallen on the floor, and my car's laying upside down. So I'm going, wheel, wheel, wheel. And he's like crawling to get to my car as fast as he can and turns out the right way while he's got his broken ribs and that. And he's said all the And yeah, fair play to him. What a good lad. Hey, I think we better send a warning. That you're coming back because, man, Marshall's in trouble. Yeah. Well, not really. No, I haven't been to Marshall for ages. Even, you know, I haven't raced for ages. The last couple of years, I didn't break a car. Apart from, in fact, the last couple of tenth meetings, I don't think I even broke. And, I, you know, I, no, I, I was getting a little bit less crashy. Certainly Marshall-wise, anyway. Less crashy. I look ahead a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not crashy. It's, you know, if you're trying stuff... You know, you try in lines, you know, some of them on the track, some of them off, some of them over people, some of them just plain, well, what happened there? You know, I borrowed someone's glasses at one of the videos, and I'm like, whoa, I could see all the perforations in the track and everything. Without them, it just looked like a brown sort of smudgy line. I still don't wear glasses. I mean, I borrowed John Dell's and, you know, a couple of times, and I could see better. I didn't really make me drive any better. Oh, the worst one there was where they had an options section. And I crashed over the jump. Of course, they're doing the wrong way up the option section. So I didn't walk the track when we got there, did I? And that was a bit special. So, yeah, oh when you got two, you know, two different lines. And I said, thought, hang on a minute, I've been here a minute ago. They went, oh, I see what they've done there. Maybe you should get your yeah. eyes checked, dude. Maybe no, you, you just back. need to look at you need to look at the track and follow the, the you know, the lap in mm-hmm. your head before you go out there. You know, because that's the trouble when you're out in the first heat as well. If you haven't looked at the track, you're learning the track for everybody else. You know, you don't know how hard to hit things to get over them. You know, so you just over jump everything. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, Joseph! Good. I can understand why you are the way you are. So thick-skinned. Oh my gosh, robotic man. Give a <clears throat> Adam. It's not thick skin. It's a metal exoskeleton. Metal. I think right. <laughs> Titanium alloy exoskeleton around his core processor. <laughs> what and do you uh, think? tiny widget <laughs> micro USB <laughs> with a little cap on the end still JQ needs a USB J- Degani actually has a song about that it's so funny 
I think it goes, JQ needs a USB. <laughs> well, he doesn't get on very well with USA. You might as well try USB. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's the uh, only person to upset more people in the USA than Ali G. I would say so. <laughs> or Borat. Yeah. You're like a Finnish Borat, aren't you, a little bit? Oh, my it's God. It's nice. It's, <laughs> hey, like. that's a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. But Borat, you know, yeah. It's a cross between Ali G and Borat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great comparison. Oh, dude. So when do you think you're making your comeback, Adam? Uh, just waiting for the UK to get back to some sort of normality. I think, you know, the first race is sort of happening over the next few weeks. So I think most importantly, I need to obviously find myself another job because the place I was working went bust due to uh, the downturn in business through the uh, unfortunate situation we're in at the moment. But, you know, once that's sorted, I mean, then I'll have a, you know, I'll have a bit of a cushion or a bit of a, you know, the pressure will be off and I can, uh, you know, start enjoying myself again. So, you know, I'll, soon, you know. But like I said, I need to get a job before I do anything else. That's <coughs> priority at the moment. Sweet. Well, dude, this has been 45 minutes of pure laughter. I, oh my gosh. We need to get you on again. I mean, we get your buddy. What's his name? Mr. Flanders? Flanders. Flanders yeah. on. And we can rib Joseph some more. I just, before we go, <clears throat> I need you to give me a, a good, epic, robotic JQ uh, discussion. Or just a phrase or something before we go. Oh, well, the all-time <laughs> great one's got to be the guys in Oslo, hasn't it? What did you say? I said, you fucking idiot. And then it all hell breaks loose. That was, you know, mind you saying that, here's a fucking penny, go away. You know, that's pretty good, isn't it? And yeah. then shouting out, you're touching my penis. I can feel you touching my penis. Or was it, or was it grabbing you and you were saying, you're getting a bone, I can feel your bone. It was something like that. It was either one of those. Yeah, yeah I, I think wasn't it, there. It was there. I wasn't there. I had to hear it. The I can feel your bar. bone yeah. yeah, that's. Oh I can feel your God. boner while you're cuddling me. <laughs> and we were in the bar with there was Robert Kay, chapman of Norway, was there, and they were just about to close. And he said, "We have more drinks." And we went, "Yeah, all right then." So there's only about four of us left in the bar. And he goes to the bar and he said, "Can I have some pints?" And the lady looked at her watch and goes, "Yeah, go on then. How many?" And he goes, ten. And she's like, "What?" And he goes, ten is a number in England, yes." And she went, "Yeah." And he goes, "I want ten." <laughs> And then she poured them all, and then he goes, I want shots. And she goes, he goes, what do you want? And he goes, ten. And she goes, oh, God, so, yeah. And then I mean, he spent an amount, immense amount of money. And, like, we were already all wasted and going to bed anyway, but it was, yeah, ten, oh. ten of everything. Oh, Crazy. my God. He oh, had a good time, much. though. Oh. Yeah. Dude, well, I, I want to thank you for coming on and just – keeping me in tears this whole time. Yeah, if we do it again. Yes, yeah. we have to. I mean, that's because it's been a while. I've seen you know, some of these stories are a little bit sort of like, hang on, was it like that or wasn't it? And But yeah, I'm sort of remembering now. But yeah, I'm a bit out of the loop. But yeah, there'll be some more stuff we can find. Sweet. Yeah, maybe I'll find some funny old pictures somewhere. I mean, what's that checkered haircut all about? Oh, yeah. And reams. But then the, the big green hands is good. You know, people are loving that. So We need to bring yeah, that back, good. Joseph. At what next big race we go? Big green hands. I mean, yep. yeah. And I don't mean getting fingered by Shrek either. 
Although if we paint Keenan green, I don't know. <laughs> is, he, is he a bit Shrek-like? Oh, he is, actually. He's got a gimp arm, so. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I, I got uh, my, my left arm's paralyzed. <clears throat> well, 75% uh, paralyzed. But yeah. I still can knock Joseph on his ass with it. I did it at DNC. Fell in the trash can. Yeah, just just sort of swing your whole body and just let it flap from the shoulder. Oh, yeah. Just whap. Yeah. He fell. You know, he fell, falls over his own yeah. feet when he walks. So yeah. I don't know how he was a goalie or any type of sport, but he can play the violin well, pretty you, good. Well, if you look at some of these modern videos, they get in these robots now. They're like jumping up steps. They're doing forward <laughs> rolls. You know, he's, he's the potential for improvement. We got to update him. all the time. We got to update him, get an yeah. update. I mean, perhaps that's what he's doing when you ask him a question and you wait for it. Because he might be buffering or something, <laughs> you know? Or he's like rebooting or something like that, maybe. <laughs> I mean, if you get a chance, watch an English comedy program called The IT Crowd. <laughs> There's a guy quite a bit like Joseph in there. You know the guy oh named Joseph. Is it Richard Ayoade or something? Yeah. 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 He's very Joseph-like. I mean, that the IT crowd from the UK. <laughs> oh, my God. Very Joseph-like. I'm going to have to it out. The very, very final episode's a really good one as well because where they do some stuff and it goes viral. But, yeah, he is... Uh... Oh, no, the best one's when they get in with the geezers and they go to the football... And he gets these phrases off someone. He's like, did you see that ludicrous display last night? And they're talking about the football. And he's acting like a geezer, and obviously he's not. That's quite good. Uh, oh my very gosh. good. Worth a go. Buffering. That's going to be the voice note right there. And he's thinking he's buffering. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Adam. Well, we got, we're definitely going to have you on her again. And thank you for coming yeah. on and sharing these awesome stories. And it was a barrel full of laughs. Thank well, you for helping me give well, right, to once Joseph. Once we got going. Yeah. 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 You know, we weren't being so, waiting for Joseph for an hour to get on and it discharged your phone. So, yeah. yeah typical but JQ right. stuff. Joseph, anything well, to say for Adam before he goes? He? Buffering. He was downloading. Downloading. On I was recharging. Yeah, there he was. That's yeah. what it was. That's why it took so long. Then he tried to act like he was in the, in the chat the whole time. He was Jeez. playing with his USB stick, <laughs> he, was, he, he was unsheathing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we got we got to tell that story too, Joseph. I got that baby carrot shirt. Oh my gosh, that's coming up next. I just need to get the audio from the FBI. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Actually, yeah, okay. we could paint him gold, and he could be JQPO. <laughs> With the glasses, he looks just like him. Tall, yeah. lanky. Actually, no, he sounds quite posh, doesn't he? C three PO. He like reminds me of someone else. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we did have R2-D2, didn't we? As well. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We did have R2-D2, a little chap from Finland. It was also little and small and round. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm. Well, thank you for, for helping us out today, Adam. It's going to be, a, I think, the, I'm telling people already, like, make sure you listen to the Gypsy Tales this week because it's epic. And um, thank you, Joseph, for your time. And thank you, Rob's Oil, for bringing this awesome RC Gypsy Tales all the way from UK and Finland and, of course, Bermuda. Thanks, Adam. And, um, hey, let's get you back on the track here soon. And yeah, racing. definitely. Uh, I'll talk to Flanders and I'll uh, get him involved. Thank you. In one of these. Sweet. Okay. All right. Speak to you soon, guys. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.
We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that time of the podcast. That time of the podcast to take your gloves off, put on your big boy panties. You get easily offended. Please don't listen to this part of the podcast. If you have young children, well, we did have a disclaimer for the story time as well. But this one, we got a little bit more savage. So, hey, um, yeah, the JQ Racing rant. And Joseph has a rant, as usual. Joseph always has a rant. So what's going on, Josie? What do you what do you want to rant about today? Yeah, today I actually have a rant that I care about. So it's kind of a continuation of what I was talking about in the last previous rant about, you know, having an opinion and making sure it makes sense, gather all the facts, make up your mind, stick to it, you know, have some integrity, have a spine, you know, be honest, be real change your opinion if needed, you know, live and learn sort of thing. Okay, this kind of has to do with that. And surprise, surprise, it's about RCGP and some comments I saw about it. Just, I think it was yesterday. And I know people tend to always make things personal. And this is not one of those times. This is not about any kind of personal thing. No, this is about the idea, the idea of RC racing as it is now and figuring out a way to where we can grow our industry, get more people in, more people involved, uh, get better media coverage, create a better image for racing, make it more fun for people at the track, improve our racing formats, all of these different things that need to be done, figure out a way to do that. Okay, so instead of having everyone do their own thing and uh, the situation just remaining the same, let's figure out a way to improve it. So um, I have understood for a long time why things don't improve. But I think most people, even people that listen to this show, don't really understand the reason why things don't improve, why things don't change why we keep doing the same thing over and over and uh, why it's so hard for something like RCGP to actually take off and work or any of the art like manufacturers cup that had gave away a dope bike and the quad and money prizes and had a packed uh, stand thousands of people watching the race like all of these things that have happened in the past like why don't they take off why doesn't it work why are we not on ESPN sort of thing? Like, like, why are these things so impossible? Why do they show cornhole on ESPN? Like, seriously, why did drones take off? Why are things that, like, these marble races on YouTube, millions of views and stuff, like, how, what the fuck? Like, can't we get our shit together enough to do something? Like, why is this so hard? And then I, then I came across this yesterday, and it's just, it just so perfectly illustrates the issue. So once again, even we have to name these people because I want you to hear what they say. I want you to think about what they are saying. And I want you to sit down 
and come to your own conclusion to what's really going on, why are things this way, and could they be different? So this isn't a personal attack against these people because 95% of people are exactly like this. So keep that in mind. Uh, so this is off the, that I forget what it's called, the TLR something on YouTube that Thomas Tran does. He had Adam Drake as a guest. And someone asked, what's your opinion on RCGP? And they gave a long answer, but we have these two clips that kind of encapsulates their opinion of it. And then, then we'll talk about it a bit, and I'll give you my thoughts. So, Keenan, can you play those clips? Sure. Well, because I was there at the meeting um, it, in Australia, right? Yeah. yeah, so I was there, and my whole thing with that was I think all the companies thought it was a great idea. You know, I think it was um, – none of us thought it was a bad idea. It was just like, hey, let's, let's test this first to see what how it goes before we jump ahead in and invest a ton of money and try to rearrange all the schedules to to make this work you know i think like you said if they if they would have ran something that was kind of maybe pre-built or built on something that kind of existed maybe through in a pilot race to kind of show showcase some stuff i think it would have been on for the next year if they were able to show successfully you know and i think all the teams would have been on board i i, I yeah. don't think none of us were thinking like this is not going to be good for rc i think it was i think it's just making sure that it actually works and that it uh you know is it, that we yeah. have the, the funding for it. I remember you bringing up that point because they kept telling us. Yeah, and the second one. Great idea. Just I think it, uh, it. I hope it works. You know what I mean. I hope. Yeah, yeah, it gets sure. it gets going and big, and I would love to get all of us in you know involved and 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 making it happen. But um, now it's kind of in limbo we don't really know what's happening yeah, next year it's be even more difficult now with yeah, now it's yeah. okay so there you heard it so we're not twisting their words or anything this is public on youtube this is what they said so so let's just go through this for a minute they both agree rcgp great idea coverage was awesome uh RCGP limits entries, gives more track time to races. It's a good thing. Adam said that that wasn't actually in that clip, but he said that like they're doing many like limiting entries, giving more track time. Those are good things. Coverage is awesome. It's like watching real full scale racing. Uh, they both said great idea. Both hope it works. Uh, would love to get all of us involved. Um, so so what's the problem? Okay, the problem is. Well, it's adding more races. They would have to change around their schedules and budgets, and it's not proved. So it would kind of need to be tested first. There's a risk of investing. Like these sort of things haven't worked in the past. Um, so maybe should have done some pilot races or something, like shown what, what RCGP is all about. And maybe if, if that was successful, then... All the teams would be in basically all the teams would have been on board that direct quote so had rcgp put on a pilot race or series or been able to join other events or do something like that where the investment is less and shown that it's good so 
it works. The coverage is good. People like it. This is something that can move RC racing forward. If RCGP could just do that, then according to these guys, they would love to get all of us involved. They hope it works. And they think that all the teams would have been on board had, had we only shown, had RCGP only shown that this works. Okay. Now, what's wrong with that? The thing that's wrong with that is that they said this yesterday. And do you know what? In 2019, there was a full RCGP season of four races on three different continents with all the great coverage. And everyone knows it. And they are talking about some pilot race and proving the concept and not sure. And what is this bullshit? What is this? At least come up with a better excuse if you do not want to support it. Literally saying, it's a great idea. Coverage is awesome. I hope it works. Would love to get all of us involved. If only we knew that, like the pilot season race, this and that, and uh, no need to invest money and low risk. And then if we know that it works, then all teams would join. Okay, well then what's the problem right now because there has been a full season the teams that entered are entered again because they enjoyed it the coverage has been good there's still a video series coming out uh starting next week i believe so the ball is still rolling and the teams certain teams are not joining so what i want these people and these companies to do now is to be honest just give the right and like the honest reasons for not supporting it techno said techno isn't going to join rcgp because jq is involved they outright said that good on them daniel lewis doesn't like me and because i was involved in getting rcgp off the ground then he doesn't want to be a part of it I think it's very narrow-minded and a dumb way to live your life. But hey, that's it's great. He was honest. That's why they're not joining. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. So no techno in RCGP. X-Ray. X-Ray are not joining because they have a limited budget and uh, they are focusing their budget on their own XRS grassroots racing club race series where they can promote and sell their products and it makes sense for them. And in addition, they send their drivers to the European Championships and World Championships. That's it. They didn't pay for Baruffalo to go to DNC. Hot Race did. They have a strict budget, uh, certain races that they support, and they are doing their own thing with, with their XRS in Eastern Europe mainly, but other countries too. It makes sense. Good reason. That's why they're not joining. This sort of wishy-washy bullshit of it's great it's awesome all this supportive thing and then like why aren't you joining and there's nothing like no substance let's just agree to fucking end this now and let's be honest seriously it's not about money it's not super expensive to join we can all see the benefit you go to pmb finish 12th no one knows there is no pictures there's no videos there's no reports there's nothing nothing right because there was no one there to cover the race 
you do a season of RCGP, there's all these videos, pictures, storylines, websites, podcasts. You can do your own videos. The RCGP makes videos. There's press conferences. There's this, there's that. You have guaranteed media, regardless of how the race goes for you and where you finish. And then after the race is, uh, after the season is done, there's still video series that comes out that tells the story of the season. So it's like guaranteed exposure. We all know this. We all accept it. Even these people are saying that it's great. So there's no questions anymore. There's no doubt anymore. Everyone knows that it works. Everyone's seen that it works. They said themselves, if RCGP could just do a race and show what they do, make show everyone, prove to everyone that it works, then all the teams would be on board. Well, what's up now? I would, I would like to have some reasons. No more excuses. Let's be honest here. Give some reasons. You, Why aren't you joining? You are what? You are the reason. Well, then they should say it just like techno. Um, I watched, I didn't watch this part. I watched a little bit of what you sent me. I watched, uh, a bit of Thomas Tran last night, nothing, nothing against him and his program it was a good program. They went in, in depth about tuning engines and all that stuff, you know, good stuff. Um, but I fell asleep, you know, it's late. I fell asleep. I, I had to be up early today, so I didn't watch the whole thing. I know I heard they say it said something like, Oh, we was at the meeting in Australia and I asked if they had any video to show anything like that. Well, obviously nothing had happened at that point, you know, so you can't show video. Know, but something that hasn't happened but right? they are still sticking to the same excuses I know, I can you move on now at I least you know. have to update your reasons for or excuses for not joining like update now think well, of another it, reason and say that reason and then fine let's move on no i i have a couple of you theories. can't fucking you can't on one one hand say that oh i hope it works everyone will support it if it's good and then when it actually is good and it ex exists and HBS works, Infinity, JQ Racing, Associated, uh, all of these companies are already supporting it and it's good and it's working. And you are saying, oh, it's awesome. Coverage is awesome. It's the fucking best thing ever, really. Like, this is what RC needs. Uh, I hope it works. Uh, I, I think all the teams would be on board if, it, if it's good. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, you can't say that and then not join. Like... If you say you have to give a reason for not joining, X-ray had a reason there. Okay. Use that excuse. If you want techno had a reason. Okay. There you go. Use that as your reason. Like think of something to say and say that none of this, like enough of this bullshit. You know what, man? Uh, I think this comes back to uh, what I, I, I like about there's there's RC is run by certain companies like I'll, I'll be honest with you the tire companies have a big say in what goes in rc right now they're making the money people need tires i think they they like i mean like just like you said hot race paid for marufla go there they i i'm not like it's just a lot of things that like a lot of politics that go on in rc and if you don't play ball with them they take their ball and fuck off you know that that happens with the governing federations all this type of stuff so it's no different with this you know, Joseph, like, let's be fucking realistic. You have rattled cages, shook trees, 
You have busted down doors. You've burnt bridges. You've done all of this. All of this in RC. You have done great things, but you've also done this along the way. Maybe this is a little bit coming back to bite you, but I don't. I don't. I feel even if this wasn't you, the same thing would. Yeah, happen. but I am also not RCGP. Now the fact right. that I was right. involved in getting matter. it going. It I understand why people see it. Well, he's involved in uh, like techno. Like I completely understand. Yeah, but, but I understand that. But you're involved. If you, if that is your fucking opinion, then state it. Don't say that it's awesome and then wishy washy not support it anyway. Like, don't try. Don't be fake. Don't try and appeal to everyone like you're the good guy and everything's so awesome and I do everything right and I'm awesome and I'm supporting RC and trying to build it up. And then at the same time, you're taking a massive shit, stinking shit, and expecting people not to see it. Okay, what, well, what are you doing here? Well, you know what, Joseph? Like, own up to what you're doing. <laughs> you... You 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 criticized PNB earlier about their schedule. We can agree with that, all that type of stuff. But we all thought it was a good race to, to have come back and all that stuff. You've been very vocal about lots of races, and that's yeah, so funny. what. But I always have a point why I'm why I'm vocal about it. Yes, I don't say true. some complete random bullshit that doesn't make sense. I get that, but man, it's it just it just comes down to it, man. It's the same thing. Look, I you know what. Uh, people say, like Drake and them guys say, oh, we need to get back to club racing. I agree, totally. We need to get more people club racing. We also need to get more people to go club racing. That's cool. That's where you learn a lot. Uh, just looked at Revelation, big club race this past weekend at PNB. Wally was telling me he didn't finish to one o'clock in the morning. Good stuff. That's great. That's all great. Um, but it's like, yes, we need to do that, but we need to do this and we need to do that, but we need to try new things as well. Yeah, and that's people where the, need that's to where stop the, saying one thing and then doing the, another right, thing. Right, this is where the biz, big disconnect comes. Somebody comes along with a new thing, and it's just not going to work. We've did it before. Well, I've never seen a worldwide series in RC, and I've been into RC for twenty plus years. I've never seen it. Uh, I've maybe seen series along in America. The closest I saw was the RC Pro Series when it was fully, fully running East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. South, all that type of stuff. Um, man, it just, you you knew all of this was going to happen. You knew all of this was going to happen. You knew this was going to happen. Like, to, for change to happen, change actually has to happen. And, but I, 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 I get your frustration. I'm listening to this, oh, if they just had a, you know, well, I'm sorry. Haven't you seen the videos? Like, maybe it isn't as popular as they, as we wanted it to be. Uh, maybe we need to get that website back up and going again. But when it comes to information and what's been going on with RCGP, I, I get tired of that. Excuse me, well, I don't have any information. I don't know that. There's been podcasts. Look. There's been 15 podcasts about it. There's multiple videos explaining it. Um, it's been talked about in every aspect for the last two years. But I just think that if certain people don't want it or don't like it, it's just they're gonna they have influence and power and it's gonna it's gonna just gonna be um they're gonna start like they're gonna do everything to prevent it from happening i don't know who these certain people are but the rc industry is very small it's very niche and and you know i do think money as an issue with it you know first people heard the the amount that it costs to enter and then they gotta think about sending people to these races but then they'll send people to to um these races like like 
I don't know, like, you know, wherever, but I think most of the drivers, the drivers that want, and, here, and here's another thing. When somebody was telling me drivers don't decide where they go to race. Well, Ryan Lutz decided where he wanted to race this past weekend. You know what I mean? There's lots of things. I keep hearing, every time I hear is different excuses. I think, you know, yes, obviously, uh, you're very ostracizing and stuff like that, but it isn't about you. It's about the actual event and all that type of stuff. But it just, It's man, like I I'm, said in the beginning, people can't separate the personal thing from an idea or something bigger than that. They only see personal always, like well, very low-level thinking, like, oh, I don't like this guy, so I'm not going to do that. That kind of level. Well, that's like, how life is, Joseph, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's why, uh, you know, I respect techno. They just straight up said it. Okay, JQ's involved, then we're not going to join because we don't like JQ. Okay, fine. X-Ray, they have their own thing going on. They don't have budget for that. Like They think that this is the strategy that will help them move forward. Okay, good, fine. But then this wishy-washy bullshit, stop it. Just sit down, have a meeting, figure out what your strategy is, and then that's it. And. Well, it's, it's not just the manufacturers. Look at the look at the governing federations. Look at everything that's going. It's just how RC is. Same problems yeah. here with the federations. It's like no direction. Ifmar, what do they do? Nothing. Efra, at least they're trying to do something, but yeah. But as soon yeah. as you say something like that, you're the worst person in the world. Yeah. Hey, you know what, man? Change doesn't happen. You, you know what? You always say you can't make an omelet with breaking some eggs, without breaking eggs. So. If anything, this has just motivated me more to make it even better, you know? So I think a big disconnect also is like people think that I own RCGP and I'm pocketing their money. That's like a big thing. I haven't made any money on RCGP and I don't own it. David owns it. David Isherwood wanted me to do a JQ race for years. He said, I think you can make a great event. You should do a race. I said, I'm not a fucking race organizer. I'm a car designer for many years. He kept asking me every year. Then I told him, look, if you want to race, if you want to make a race so bad, okay, I'll help you. I'll help you make a race, but we're going to have to make a world championship series. And at that point, like I literally just said that and had no plan nothing no idea so for a year or two after he kind of liked the idea and wanted to do it i had to come up with the idea so i came up with the idea thought about it all different directions and ways and plans and schedules and talked to a lot of people in the industry drivers companies owners all, all kinds of people just talked to them sent them stuff asked opinions figured out how to do it. And then at the end of all of that development work without actually racing anything, figured out like the best way to actually give value for the companies that join, make it good for the drivers and also help the industry is to make it this closed smaller series because then we can focus on it. We can make it look good, look consistent throughout the year make it like Formula One or MotoGP or something like that. Like that's just the best way to do it. There are big races already. We don't need another big race. We need something unique and special, something to brand nicely and to, in, uh, to inspire people to race, inspire people to take 
scale motorsport seriously and like a viable hobby or sport. So that's what we're going to do. David invested a shit ton of money into it. And I invested a shit ton of time and some money too, like paying for my own way and paying for other people and paying to do this and logos and graphics and websites and all kinds of stuff that I just paid because I, it's for the greater good. It's going to be good. This is going to help JQ racing at the end of the day, just like it's going to help fucking S works or HB racing, right? That's why I do it because I want this industry to grow because it's going to help me also because I'm in the industry. This is the real story. This is where we are at. So take a fucking minute. Forget about who you like or who posted what or who supports Trump or doesn't support Trump or this or that. Or I don't give whatever, like who is religious and who isn't like forget everything else. Just look at RC racing. Look at you buying an RC car, going to the track and having fun. Who is trying to make that better and who is not doing that? Just look at that. Then listen to that fucking video clip of a great idea. I hope it works. If only we had proof of concept, then everyone would join. Is that people being honest? Is, are they trying to improve RC or are they low-level thinking on a personal level? I don't like that guy, so I'm not going to support. I'm not going to play in his sandbox. Which is it? RCGP was something that was created for the industry, inviting everyone in. Banners, flags, videos for everyone. It wasn't the JQ Racing Series. It wasn't like Mayfield said at the Worlds, why would we follow this guy and fucking support, like help him race more? It, it was the opposite of that. My racing suffered. I spent money because I believe in this project and I think... David Isherwood can do something great in RC, but he couldn't do it alone. He needed a fucking idiot who'd, who would invest time, th thought, and money into something to make it happen. Because there's not enough money in this industry. You have to work for free to make something happen. And then in the future, we can all reap the benefits of it. That's just the way it is. Like, fucking get your fucking blinders off. Okay. How about that for a rant? Jesus Christ. I have nothing to say about this rant because I totally agree with you. It's time to plug your USB in now. Yeah, I need to charge again. Yeah, you need to have an update. Um, hey, man. Let's continue to push forward. You, there's oh, days we're going to fucking push forward. This is only the beginning. <laughs> this is only the this is only the beginning. It's days I sit here and I'm like, oh man. Let's put I, it like this. Let's put it like this. Next year, there is going to be an RCGP series, with or without these people. Um, there's also going to be other improvements, and step by step, we are going to help change RC to the better. And I hope people join. It's nothing personal against these two guys. Just like I said, most people are like this. Eventually, they'll come around, I think. Now, I hope that... Uh, I, ho I hope all these things will 
improving time where I can enjoy them too. And I'm not like out of the industry because I'm just like burned out and fuck that. But who knows? I think that it, that it was great that we did the IFMAR presidential election thing with you. And instead of IFMAR actually acknowledging us or talking, joining the podcast, whatever, they just contacted Facebook and had a copyright strike and removed the page. That was the best thing they could have done. Just more motivation, dude. <laughs> I, I have nothing else to add to this. Um, all good, man. You know what? I'm for everything to improve RC. Not just RCGP. I'm for everything. We need to do it. And I say it. We need to hit it from all angles. So I'm not about down on anybody. I think drag and, you know up. you know what the funny thing actually so like even on this podcast i was saying like pmb what a like shit show right with a successful rcgp series and uh all the coverage and views and social media and youtube and corporate sponsors and all that that is going to help pmb and that is going to help other races like it with more people in the industry, with more people actively racing, with the companies having more money to spend. It will be better for everyone. That's the ultimate goal. RCGP isn't here to take over from others like don't send your drivers to other races, send them here. No, it's supposed to be something that can build up the entire industry. Have your two like real champions race here and then the worlds and the raw nationals and whatever euros, and then have the second tier who want to become that guy do those other races, you know, like it's, it's, it would just be better overall. It's like saying that, that the AMA supercross championship is bad for, for supercross. Like, what the fuck? Of course it's not. It's great inspires more people to race. It's just a no brainer. Are you finished? Okay, you, you want me to go on? I thought of another thing. Uh, make it short. Okay, very short. One more thing. I openly complain about things. I complain about the focus on entries and not giving any value back to races and all these things and people, oh you hate this guy you no i don't i just hate how they run their races because i know it could be better i know what races cost to put on i know what how much money they're making i know what the situation is i know it could be better for the racer and here's the thing when you talk to the top guys they will tell you they say it was fuck. I'll read a message right here. So I'm not going to say who it was just because it's private. It's not like it's a YouTube video publicly. It was just a shit show. The joke lane was a literal joke. The wood ramps had holes in them, blah, blah, blah. Just bragging on the race. Like it, it's a shit show. DNC, uh, being in California, talking to some guys. Joey only cares about the money. He doesn't do shit for the race. Watering's terrible. He should at least get someone there who can water. Uh, JBRL is like the worst race. Just sit around all day. Like Jimmy doesn't care anymore. He just wants the money. This is things that these fucking top, 
elite guys say, who then go on YouTube and Facebook and smile and kiss everyone's ass and face to face is like best friends. This is how people are. They bitch and moan and complain about the actual things that are problems, but then they don't publicly do that. And they kiss the guy's ass that they were just bad mouthing. Well, they, they're not at liberty to, to do that. Joseph. It's not about Unlike, that. It is. Some people it's have not job about that. Families it's not about provide. that. And they can't speak their mind. We've, we've gone over this. Not everybody has that privilege to speak their minds without any consequences. So, you know, I get well, what you're I trying think, to say. I think uh, people could speak a bit more of, of their minds. Well, yes, but in a different way. Not yeah, like probably in a different way, with more constructive way. But maybe someone needs to smash the fucking illusion first, and then someone else can come along, and some nice guy can come along and kind of make I don't know, make man. something out of it. All I know, you know what I know, Joseph, is I am excited for the docu series next week. Hopefully next week. Fingers crossed, it's next week. Yeah. I did drop a RCGP voiceover video from Asti, but it was the boring race. Boring. One. I didn't like it. I wanted the, I thought it was the one with, um, when you and Leo got into well, it. Why didn't you make sure it was the right one then? I don't know, man. I wasn't prepared. Simple as that. Um, I thought it was, but now I can, you know, man, now I can sit down and focus and do things better. But anyway, man, I, I agree with you. We need to move forward. And I think we need to put personal, discrepancies behind each other and and just do it because we're all in this industry together and we all gotta we all gotta work together at the end of the day and be with each other is competition and 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 um rivalry is good but you know we, we need to do something you know we need to, we need we need to do something yeah we're gonna do something it's gonna be epic cool. i'm looking forward to next year sweet well, Joseph, we've been recording for a while, rambling on, talking all week. Next week, we come back with our, with our, with our guests. Please uh, submit your, also, please submit your questions to the BTRC Bench Racing Q&A. Uh, thank you for joining in. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you for the support from all of the hashtag NNRC squad from around the world. Thank you to all of our patrons that go the extra mile and help keep these bills paid. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, RCMX, Techno RC. JQ Racing, Beach RC, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Manscaped, Rob's Oil, aka as, that's Am's Oil as well, uh, BK Servers, Wally Builds, JQ Threads, and that's about it. If you want to add your name to that list, hit me up. We're always looking to promote uh, and uh, advertise for comp uh, for companies who want, who believe in us. And uh, remember the Summer Sizzler Labor Day. And hey, if you're racing this weekend, enjoy this podcast. Have fun. Be safe. Nitro is the glow. Anything you want to add before we sign out, Joseph? Oh, I did. I did have a shout out uh, for Bloke Down in Australia. I'll have to do it next week. Um, I, I don't have the, the message. I asked you to message me, but he listens to the podcast and he says it's like polished balls. So I don't know. I guess that's a good thing in Australia or something. So thank you for the shout out. I will find your message and shout you out. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on no. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel. We're uploading all of the old podcasts there. Oh, I was listening to episode one, Joseph. Oh my god, it's so bad. I had that echo going on that rewrap. I'm trying to get it out, but I can't. 
like and share this podcast, help it go viral, pay it, be ready for the docuseries dropping next week, hopefully. And uh, shout out to all the other podcasters out there. And hey, man, it's good to have racing back. We had something to talk about this week. So, so that's good. That's very good. Nitro's the glory. E-Buggy pays the bill. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And um, if you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Lefty, out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.